Every time I hear that, I fucking love it. Every That's, single time. That is the thing, man. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. Ike. Bill. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. So, I just want, I was trying to tell you this earlier. We put a P underneath the chair to see if you can feel it. I feel it. I figured you did. We got to. <laughs> so, I was trying to tell you, don't. Don't give him so many options. He's a princess. I was trying to see if you knew I felt it. <laughs> if if you all didn't catch on, this is Kyle and I, the conversation with Bill. Hello. The one and only, the Bill, <laughs> Mr. Bill. So uh, we've been talking about Bill for about five a episodes. This is episode six. M- yeah. Plus now. So I'm here at my new job. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I this is the last time you'll hear from me, so I'll just be on the computer <laughs> now checking stuff out. Well, that was your original job. That's all I really wanted you for. But then Kyle's like, oh, should we let him talk? Fuck no. <laughs> It'll be like that, did you, the Friends episode. What is the show where, did, did you hear the Bill podcast where he talked? No, I don't know it. Which one's that? Friends? It was like episode six, Bill e- Talks. Oh, okay. Episode oh, that's, six, Bill Talks. Maybe that's the, he, he just titled. Maybe I that's mean, the title. Man, Bill Talks. I'm losing a job now. He just titled our podcast. <laughs> it's the last time, though. After no. this is okay. <laughs> You can fucking leave now. <laughs> you served your purpose. I'm out of here. Yeah. So, uh, sitting on this side of the table, it's, uh, hello, everybody. It's Ike Landman. Across from me is Mr. Kyle Crosby. What's up? You the, say it's so fucked up. Crosby. <laughs> Well, is Gronkowski? <laughs> <laughs> no, so Kyle Crosby sitting across the table from me. Is that better? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's fucking guy in his deep voice. Yeah, it's better. Um, so uh, he's our he's our master mixer. Bill was being a fanboy a couple minutes ago before we started this thing up about his mixing skills and his platform and all that shit he's got going on over there. Um, it's impressive. And Mr. Mr. Bill Arbogast is with us this morning. First time on the show. First time caller, long time listener. um and uh we've been talking about bill for like we said five episodes now and originally i thought bill was going to be the perfect guy to be sitting in the corner with his little computer cap on to look up funny videos for us on google but he just completely turned that shit down so i guess we got to have him on in real so he gets a mic and and uh we get to learn a little bit about bill today yeah i just i'm i was kidnapped how did I get here? Yeah, bullshit. Hey, we gave you, you were, coffee, so you were waiting we're on, good the, on the front stoop of your house when I pulled <laughs> up to get you this morning. You were so excited. Mind you, I was not. It was freezing outside. It's barely freezing. Oh, man. It's under 30. Is it under 30? Yeah. A week it ago, it was negative 10. I know. I, so last night, I went to the gym, and I got out of the gym. And I'm already like, you're already kind of warm. You're sweating and working out and all that stuff. I took a shower, did a sauna, got out of the gym. You take a sauna at your gym? Yeah. You didn't That's, know that? I, I didn't know mean, this time. I'm looking at him the sauna. same way. Okay, oh, I'm my sorry. God. They got, a, they got a steam room. It is the best, man. Wow. I finish every is workout in, for at least. Is it in our town? Yeah, it's in our town. I thought it was one that's nearby. No, uh-uh. it's, it's uh, Pulse Fitness Wow. over on Broadway. Well, hats off to them. Yeah, they got a, it's a sweet. Well, it used to be. That's where we used to play racquetball, Bill. Do you remember that? It was where um, we used to go in there. They had no. Cool. Yeah, we we played there a few times. At, at, is it, this at the campus? No, 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 no. That's where we played racquetball. Well, we played racquetball up there too. So we used to, <laughs> Kyle's over here. What the fuck is going on? So <laughs> so we used to play racquetball a ton back in the day till a buddy of ours blew his Achilles. Then then it kind of tapered off a little bit after that. And you made the switch to pickleball. No, that's, no, that was years ago. No. That was years ago. We made the switch to scotch. Scotch, yeah. yeah. Switch. We switched over to scotch. Um, 
But uh, anyway, yeah, Pulse Fitness here in town is over on Broadway. It used to be another gym. It used to be um, 24-hour fitness, yeah. um, and they moved over to the, where the laundromat. Okay, we'll talk about this later, but seriously, I did not play there. Okay, well, then you suck. Anyway. <laughs> it was all your other friends. Yeah, well, I've got, me. I got plenty. Don't cry. Okay. It's too early to cry. You're just like, save that oh. for later. <laughs> well, so you got lots of computer guys can, can fill that's, your show That's spot. right. That's right. Exactly. All right. All right. Anyway. Um, anyway. Tell your story. Fuck off. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll I'm walking right back. I'm walking out of the gym. <laughs> it's 40 degrees out. And to me, just because it's been so fucking cold. I swear to God, it felt like it was sixty, and I just ah, oh, just right. the just the feeling of the the air on my skin. I wasn't wearing my heavy coat. It was amazing, man. Right. I came home. I was in such a good mood. I, I just and like Kyle asked me this morning if I was running on little high octane juice or something. It's I just think I'm feeling great just because this weather is like, you know. It's fucking amazing right now. I'm it just is. digging it big time. Yeah. No, I felt the same way. You feel that way when you. I mean, you're from here. Hello, people. We're in Wisconsin. The frozen tundra land. Yeah. <laughs> this is our one I- I- person in India listening to the podcast. I, I don't understand where these <laughs> if guys somebody are. somebody in India is listening to this, that's fucking awesome. That's crazy, man. <laughs> no, not. but it is, it is that time of year where it's been so cold and it goes the other way. Yeah. But now, but then there's a part of me, I mean, you guys probably can relate, that's waiting for the other, you know, the... What the shoe to fall off or what you know it's going to get cold again it's going to snap don't get too used nope. to it I, I whipped out the shorts man there I'm was ready. snow yeah, there was snow a couple of years ago on april 18th it was last year no it was two years ago was it two years yeah, ago? yeah it was two years ago april 18th let me oh, whip yeah. out my farmer's almanac and i'll tell you yeah <laughs> it was, yeah i sure. does yeah, that yeah. predict the future or does that tell the past i'm pretty sure i think that predicts the future oh that yeah. far yeah you, you, <laughs> Mr. Well, Mr. Google knows the past and the future. Well, yeah. if we had someone in the corner, so here's the thing: we have room at my actual desk. Hey, uh, oh, uh, you guys hey. really have a need for a job here, don't you? Hey, hey Bill. Yeah. Well, you're hold here. on. Let me whip well, out my device. Yeah, this is actually a job interview. We need you to start. Doing this. Yeah. yeah. So, if we're, our our ultimate goal here, ladies and gentlemen, is to slowly move Bill's chair. When we get up to take a leak. Bill's going to need to go to the bathroom, and we're just going to inch it every time towards the desk. What am I doing in front of the computer, you guys? Just look that up. Check out the yeah. snow. Hey, Bill, seems like you're over there. You want to... Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Hey, did you see him? He must have moved on his own. That's what it is. <laughs> Funny. But yeah, so, it was. I think you're right. Two years ago, we it was we had, like, total April snowfall. It was almost... Oh, it was over a foot in April. I think you're right. But, but to your... Point. I don't. But everything care. was melted before that. Oh, is yeah. what I'm saying. It yeah. was nice. It was more, mm-hmm. People were wearing shorts. It was all that stuff. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, what? I mean, you. It just you know animals were dying. Unfortunately, oh, it, was, my it God. was really horrible. People are okay. out there giving food to the birds. The and fucking the robins. Oh my God. What a what a that was like Robin Gate. It was so it fucking. Was. It was so bad. I Stephanie and I were talking about that. This shouldn't. Well, whatever. My wife and I were talking about that the other day. And uh, it was like, I remember her, she was almost in tears, worried about these poor fucking robins. And I'm like, listen, and I might sound like an asshole about this, but they're birds and they're going to be okay. It's just like right now when it got really cold, everybody's like, oh man, those, those poor deer out there, you know, like. They weren't okay. They were dead. There were, there were like three dead robins. Okay. Then maybe it's sparrows. There were dead birds. It was like a movie. It was like I, I didn't <laughs> they see were one fucking dead bird. They were. Did they were you falling, see any dead birds? They landed no, on the front okay. of my car. What the hell is that? Bullshit. I, I didn't see one dead bird. Not one. 
I don't they care. Were really, and, and, they were really, they were knocking on my door. We they fed the shit out of birds. <laughs> There's like a hundred birds yeah. lived in our front of our house. I didn't see one dead bird. Well, so because you fed them. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. You, what? How? Ike, how does feeding? What? Like you saved the entire species. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the movie. Did you see that one? That's the end of the movie where Ike and, saves the bird species. End scene. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it wasn't Move me. On. It wasn't me. It was my wife. She was saving all of the fucking birds with. I don't know. She had she had blankets out there for no. I'm kidding. She didn't put blankets. <laughs> but people were going nuts. People yeah, were going nuts. Yeah. It was it was a thing. It was a thing. And yeah. I don't know. I just feel like like they're animals, and and they're they're they actually do this for a living. <laughs> they live out there. They're professionals. Yeah, they're professionals. So it's it's uh, I don't know. I got got to be a little bit much for me. The whole the whole bird robin. Save, save the rock. I mean, God, I'm going to sound like such a prick, but it's just, it's just like, because I know a lot of people that were really concerned about them, but I don't think it turned out like. Ladies and gentlemen, Ike the Hunter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I didn't eat them. It's like, I'm not out there scavenging <laughs> so for he morsels. Just, they're trophy birds. Yeah, they're trophy birds. Yeah, you got to mount them. them on your fucking wall. No, I put them right there on the railing under the bird feeder because then it draws, <laughs> it draws all the birds in. They're You'll decoys. All morning, they're man. decoys. They're decoys. Oh. Yeah. So. Anyway. Well, so so people treat animals differently. People don't. Take, I mean, yeah. regardless. Yeah. Bill, you got any pets? We have a dog and a cat. Oh gosh, we don't have a cat anymore. We I grew up with cats. We've always had a cat. We lost our cat a couple of years ago. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. Well, so that's it was before COVID. It was right before COVID. So the there was a year before COVID, right? Yeah. There was life. Well, usually. <laughs> yeah, because we were in somebody's office hanging around. In close quarters, and we had to put them down, which is sad. Oh my gosh! But but it's I mean the the vet is a friend of ours. She's wonderful. She's come to our home one time at, late at night. We had a dog. Our last dog. I it was funny. Our last dog. I, all right, the whole. So I I grew up in my family. We had cats. Never yeah. had a dog. And I was like, yeah, just didn't. And my mom. I think it was my mom maybe just didn't want a dog. Not that she didn't like dogs, but it was like okay, a cat's enough kind of thing because they're a little more independent and. You know, we could go on vacations and stuff like yeah. that. So just no dogs. So my wife was a dog walker. We lived in Los Angeles. And that, that's like a career out there because people don't have kids. They have dogs. Right. I mean, and they, they will treat them. And believe it or not, dog walkers in L.A. can make pretty good money. I mean, maybe in any metropolitan area, but certainly in Los Angeles where, you know, you get these people that are just ready to have kids and they don't. They were career driven and they spend all this money there was a guy who had the tv on all day for his dogs you know it's, yep, it's weird like yep. whatever I've, I've clients got, i've got clients who do that here yeah my oh, yeah. parents do that yeah okay all right so maybe yeah. it's not just la but anyway la is so, not that special no it's not at all <laughs> sorry la it's more surprising that it's in la <laughs> right in la they do that and so um she found a dog i came back from um work i flew back i was out of la i came back she picks me up at the airport and then she's driving us home she's like so a little surprise. I'm like, what? And then she told me there's this dog that she found. You know, he's really cute. I mean, she like sets this all up because she knows I don't want a dog. And we were just living together at my place. Oh, like, shit. So wait, 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 wait. You're living together <laughs> at your place, but you're not married. Correct. Or were we? No, we weren't. Okay, married. you're not married. Yep. She's she's shacking up at your place for free. Right. She's, a, she's a freeloader at this point. Well, yeah, I think she had an apartment, I, but she didn't stay and, there. And then she shows up with a dog. She found. She found oof, 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 into oof. your house. No, that was it. He was tied up, or you know, he was on his leash no, no. outside. But she brings it to the house. Wait, yes, wait, 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 inside. wait. 
She took a dog off somebody's <laughs> leash. No, hey, I found she this dog on a leash. No leash. Oh, I, I thought you were telling me that she fucking dragged that dog. Just cute. Look at that <laughs> dog. There's this dog. He was on a leash in the middle of nowhere. Nobody was around him. So I'm just like, ah, I'm gonna take him. This poor fucking dog. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. She's explaining that to me. Okay. So no, she's like, and she's like, right away, I'm, I'm gonna find his home. I'll find, you know, who's it? It was like two days ago or yesterday, whatever. It was really recent at that time. I was like, okay, okay. And I just didn't even want to hear about it. I had just gotten back from, you know, a long, I was in Europe. It was like, yeah, whatever. Okay. I get home. Dog's in the back. I do not want to look at the dog. I mean, literally, because I just know I'm going to connect with the dog. If our eyes meet, something's going to happen. I like animals. I'm fine with that. But so I just didn't even look. And then finally, it was like the second day, the dog's out there. She's feeding it. She's taking care of it, all this other stuff. She calls me up from dog walk work. Hey, I'm gonna be home late. Can you walk the dog? I'm like, oh, just get, just walk him around the block. You think it was a trap? I, mm. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe. I'm, 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 I think she knows what your gig maybe. is. Maybe yeah. she's like, just take him around the block. He's probably got to, you know, go trap. relieve himself. And then I'm like, finally, okay. We didn't get more than probably two houses down. I'm like, oh, puppy. Oh, oh you little puppy. Yeah. You can't do it with a dog, man. It's hard. So dogs are lovable. Yeah, and he was really. I mean. He was the coolest dog. He was like, we. I used to call him the Winnie the Pooh of dogs. He was like, if Winnie the Pooh were a dog, I know this is weird, but, you know, that cuddly, lovable little Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. he kind of looked like that. It was about maybe 50. Was it like a mutt? <laughs> it was a, it was a bear dog. <laughs> no, it, so, yeah, he was a mutt. Okay. But he was just, he just was so, he was like incredibly trained. I mean, he must... I don't know. We didn't, we never found his home. That's we because she took, him she took him off. <laughs> the other part of town. Now. He's from Vegas. No, and um, but he was the coolest. Dog. He he was so well behaved and so and like he just listen anyway. So we connected. My point of my story was later here in Bear in Wisconsin when we moved. We brought him and he was you know however old maybe. I don't know, dog, you know, 14 or whatever dogs are. Yeah. And he was just, his health was going. And, you know, finally it came to that point where he just literally in that day, I mean, he couldn't even stand up to pee. His final pees, I had to like hold his back end outside. Oh, yeah. He had to pee. That's he was just, rough, he was, man. it was really hard. So our friend, the vet, shout out to Mara, she's great, came. She like called, you know, we had been in touch with her, like, we're going to bring him in soon. Mm. This is like 10 at night. And my wife just like called and told her, you know, how it was. And, and she's like, I'll be there. And she came over and, that was Mara? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man. She came right there. I mean, she That's was amazing. Great. She man. was amazing. And she's just, take your time, saying goodbye, the whole thing. And I was like, okay, okay, you know, this is hard. And then I, oh, I broke down. I was like, yeah. it was like my buddy. Mm-hmm. And it was Ruben, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a hard thing. So this, so we waited a little time to get this other dog. And I don't know what my point of my story was. No, we just wanted dog. you wanted to make I, it all. I just fucking was asking sad. if you had a dog, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like, do you have a dog? Want a coffee? Yeah, oh, yeah. Do you have a dog? Want a coffee? Do you <laughs> want to? Do you want to make our show really fucking sad? No, yeah. So no, no, it's no. great. And then we lost Thank our cat. You. Oh, that was the thing. We lost our cat with Mara. Oh, we brought her to the office. That's so him. amazing, though. I mean, just it is just so incredible. Second, that was the what, like she came to your house it's at amazing. ten o'clock at night. I mean, so I understand. Like, there's, there's, we need people out there that love our animals the way we love them. And and sometimes they happen to love Robins just as much as they love our <laughs> animals. So I'm sorry for that. But at the same time, like it's, it's like a kid, you, you get, you know, it's like, you, yeah, you, it's part of the family. You, you're, you're, you're taking care of somebody's child almost. And yeah. so there's a, there's a level of care 
that's like you're you know you're trusting your dog into someone else's hands and it's it's a beautiful thing so yeah big time well and, the, and, and and all the vets out there that are like showing up for people every day they just care so much absolutely yeah so and much. it's it was i guess the thing i was thinking about was the care you know what the way the science is now with the cat it's it's a two-shot process the first shot when it just kind of relaxes well, you're, you're talking about sleep. to uh to put a put, put an a animal down. dog down or okay. animal yeah. down yeah but and then you know so the cat's in our lap just slowly falling asleep like over 10 minutes these are the last 10 yeah. minutes and just kind of and, and maybe it's done this way forever i just have never experienced because it, it wasn't even like that for reuben it was like one shot boom and then the second shot goes in and you know they're they're not there anymore and it's just like oh it is part of the family it's hard yeah yeah. So, well, the reason anyway. I asked is you're talking about the birds, and it's just like people treat <laughs> birds differently, people treat pets differently, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. There's there's such a huge range in how someone views a a dog specifically, or even a cat, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're a farmer, you might treat oh, a dog man. a lot differently than say myself, and that's not to say that's wrong. Um, it's just how you grew up and how you view the animal. Right. I, I can tell you, we had a golden retriever and. That was my wife's and I first child. She was our baby. Like the amount of effort and shit we bought that dog and time we put into her, like she was everything. Mm -hmm. And and then you look at someone else who might have a dog and they live outside and that's they're perfectly comfortable out there, but that's their purpose. Yeah. I, I think I've, and I've seen both. I yeah, think that both. makes a difference when if you don't have kids and if you have kids. It's like if you've never had kids and you get a dog cuz you, then then your dog's like your kid. You know, it's, I think about, like, mm -hmm. the vet we're talking about, they've got a dog. And that dog is their kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything in the world is, like, their whole process. So much of it revolves around keeping keeping their dog happy and having fun with the dog and go taking the dog for walks and all those things. And once you start having kids, unfortunately, like, your dog doesn't get quite as many walks. You know, maybe doesn't get so many Christmas presents <laughs> under the tree. You know, it's like, but it, it's... um. It's just a different thing when you don't have kids when, and you have a pet. It's just they get, there's so much more room mm -hmm. for, for attention. I think there's certainly more, <clears throat> excuse me, there's more room, but I think it's just a personality trait of the, the owner as well. Again, I just think people are brought up viewing dogs for different purposes, right? Like sure, work I, dogs or work dog versus mm -hmm. a companion or, mm -hmm. or, or something like that. And so, you know, I had kids mm -hmm. and our dog was still our world. Yeah, I mean, not more than our kid, obviously, but when we when we lost her, I mean, that was that I, was a fucking shot in the heart, man. I remember that day, and uh, and you you feel guilty equating losing a dog to losing a child, and God forbid, I've never lost a child, and I pray I never do, um, and I'm sure it does not even equate. But if you haven't experienced losing a child and you lose someone that close, I mean, it's just a different feeling. Yeah, it is, and it, it, versus someone who, <clears throat> you know, oh my dog is sick. I'm going to take him out back because I live in the country and put a bullet in their head and we're done with this. Yeah. I guess for me, I've come from both those worlds. So, um, I grew up very much in the, in the world of, uh, if your dog's sick, like first off, you don't spend any money on your dog for the vet. Yeah. You don't, you don't like it's a dog, you know, it's like, you know, what do you, what are you spending $300 a month on medication for your dog for that's where I grew up. I mean, not like my dog's got some medication right now, but that's still in the back of my mind for sure that, you know, it's, um, it's a companion, but it's not a kid, mm -hmm. you know, where it's, um, it, 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 yeah, it's definitely, I think has so much to do with how you're raised 
and, and how animals are treated around you when you're being raised. So when you're a kid, if you know, you, you got your grandfather's got a dog on the farm and the dog's kind of old or sick and he one day he takes it out behind the shed and it comes, God, this is a morbid fucking conversation. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> it went south. And yeah, I think we started out with no, the weather. It's, it's real. The it's weather real, was real. It's, it's yeah. fine. It's real though. I mean, and, and it's true. So it's just really how, how you are around animals when you, the way you're raised around them, I think shapes a, a lot of your views and how you are around animals as an adult. Now, obviously there's room for change, you know, but I'm not going to take one of my dogs out behind the garage and shoot it. No. You know, that's not right. going to happen, but yeah. it's, uh, um, but if that's how you're raised and you got a farm dog and I mean, when yeah. I was, when I was growing up, my, my grandfather didn't have two, three, four hundred dollars to call a vet mm-hmm. to have him come put it down. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I'm and to be clear, I'm not judging folks who treat dogs like that, and I'm not saying that they don't love their animal or they don't treat them kindly or with compassion. Yeah. Um, it's just a different expectation of I don't know. It's just a different way of life. It's just yeah, it's just different. Yeah, it's a totally different way of life. And then you have cat people, and I'm staring at you, Bill. Sorry, <laughs> oh, I can't. I yeah, I'm not a cat. Yeah, person. some people. I, and I I always thought I was more cat than dog. I really didn't. You know, like I'm a cat person. I yeah, didn't wave that flag. No, I didn't. I didn't. But yeah, no. Now it's just it's more been about the pet, the yeah, the animal, whatever. But it is different for everybody how they approach it. But yeah. Anyway, now I, we just have it. So we have a dog. You asked me. Now you have a dog. Yeah, you have yeah. one one dog. You have one dog. Benny, he's a good boy. He's a good. Boy. He's such a good oh, boy. What man. kind of dog is that? He's a mutt. He's like oh. a wired haired terrier, about forty. 45 pounds, I don't know. Don't look at me. I don't he's know. A it's, we get him at but the he's a good society. He's, he's yeah. a rescue. Yeah, yeah. And he is a good boy. There, he is a really okay. good boy. There's a difference between a good boy and a dog. I'm telling you. It's like, it's so it's so funny that like, um, <laughs> so we're going to adjust Bill's package here. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, what, Kyle, what's going on? I'm closer to the computer now. Um. So it seems like, to me anyway, when I'm walking down the street and I see someone walking a dog, I can tell the difference between a good boy and not a good boy. And I don't know why. I just can. It's like... Explain that to me. How can you tell? I can tell just by the way... It's a freaking dog. I know, but it's the way they act. It's like, there's something about, like, like, um, a good boy's like... A little bouncy. Pretty bouncy. Not not super bouncy. Just like a little waggy, you know, and he'll come up to you and they rub a little bit on your leg and they sniff you and, like, they're just... You know, it's it's like there's just a I think there's just a difference between a good boy and it's not like the other dogs are not good. It's just like there's a that that saying, "Oh, he's a good boy." You know, right, right. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just fucking wrong, but I just I feel like when I see a well, dog is walking, it, is down, it? Do you approach them? Do you look at them like like oh, I, I would like that dog as a pet, and other ones are like oh, that's whatever a dog. It could very well be. Yeah, that could be where it's just like it's like ah. Eh. Like it, it, I'm glad that's your dog, but it's like I wouldn't want that to be my dog. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's like, the, the good boys, you're like, oh, that's a fun dog. Yeah. That. that yeah. That's well. It's like they're a little more chill. Like they're not crazy. Yeah. You know, and and they're just more lovable. You know, and and but I mean, I'm totally making fucking judgments on these on these dogs that don't belong to me. But at the we same time, we do that as people. We cannot stop it. I mean, like in the first ten seconds of any encounter, mm-hmm. an animal, a person, especially a person. I mean, we yeah. make that. You know, we make that judgment on a person right away. Do you know it's harder? What I think I read it someplace. It takes like five or six times. If you, you have that perception of somebody within the first 10 seconds or 30 seconds, whatever, this is how they are. Anytime they act like you think they should, just verifies it. It just goes in deeper. If they act 
outside of that realm, it takes like five or six times before you go, oh, what is wrong? You know, at first it's like, no, they're not like this. Really? Yeah. And then another time, they're not like this. They're Just, really like this. I don't know. I've it well, takes, no, like that's what science really says. It takes like five or six times until you go, oh, maybe I messed up. Maybe they are like that. Well, I met you this morning, Bill, and fuck. That's it. 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it's going to take five or six times meeting you to erase this fucking Get that memory. guy over by the computer. <laughs> I out think, of my yeah. office. Either until he starts doing computer duty or until we have whiskey night, that the perception will not change. <laughs> that's, so, that's it. I, I, would, I would bet... I would be willing to put money down that that is more prevalent of a situation when someone's an asshole or someone's comes off like like uh, like really pompous or something because I would think like if someone comes off as they're really kind and generous and giving and and warm then then the next week they come back and you see them and they're an asshole it's not going to take me two more times, three more times for them being an asshole for me to go, oh they're really not kind and generous yeah. no but don't you think maybe at first you'd go oh maybe they're having a bad day. No, mm. unfortunately, you, you you would actually so, think, oh, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe they're an asshole. I think I think immediately in the like in the actual moment, I'd say, God, you're a fucking asshole. And then after the fact, I'm like, OK, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you had a bad but, day. But is the benefit of the doubt because that first impression was they're not an asshole? No, it was because they were an asshole. And I'm trying to be. But the first nice. time, the first time they the first time you meet that person, you like them. Let's just say, yeah, yeah first time around. So this is the second time, oh. and, and they're being an asshole. Is it more like, oh, they're just having a bad day? They're really a good person. Mm, that's a good question. Maybe they get three. I wouldn't. I would. There's no way I'd go to five or six. If someone's really kind, and then, and then the next time I see them, they're a total asshole. I'll be like, maybe it's like, okay, so that was a pretty dickish what they did, but I'll I'll, I'll see what this like next time I see them, but. If I, but at the same time, if I really like somebody and I feel like they're really kind, I usually try to, I can, people like that, I connect with really quickly. And so if they're an asshole the next time, I'm going to be like, I will be like, ah, I don't know, maybe I just misread them the first time around. And because I don't know, I don't have time for assholes. You know, it's like, it's not, yeah. Yeah. I feel like if they're nice the first time and an asshole the second time, I'm more apt to, assume that they just showed their true colors the second time you you will you yeah. will assume to so you're it's not just their true colors you're also changing your mind yeah i know i mean yep. you and your yeah. and they say that's really hard they say the second thought thing there's a whole study was, about that was, how we don't do this hey. we, we don't second think it our second thought about stuff is more like put it aside my first impression my first thought about whatever it is a person or a topic that's the right one that's why we don't want to change our mind. Change, we don't like that change. We've got, we understand that in our world, we make that perspective and anything that comes up against it, it's really hard for us to change it, to embrace it. So I, I hope you're, you know, you really do that. That's great. But I'd say most people probably don't. Most people. Do you think that's why people decision. are just, I mean, so is that just a definitive, like you're stuck in your ways type thing? Like once to, you make to, your I mind think, up. I think that's part of human character. I think, I think a lot of it, unless you're really conscious of it. I think that's the way humans are are wired. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily go into this, but is that why our political theater right now is so freaking divided? Are people just stuck in oh, their ways? Oh, this absolutely. conversation I'm alluding to, and there's books it have a lot to do with the political. Yeah, world I would. I would agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, you're not that, willing to hear different facts. You're just no. You're uh, right. Right. No, don't yeah. you? Well, and and then you and then you put yourself into an echo chamber where everybody else says the same shit that you believe. Yeah. yeah. So then and that that's secondary, and that yeah, right. the algorithms and all that stuff. Without going right. there, but but, but, but if but you it is as human nature, it is really right. hard to change. So that. we can control that part of it. 
So if you think about it, it's like if we start surrounding ourselves with people who believe the specific things, it's going to ingrain that more. But if if every other day we were around people who felt differently, maybe there's more room for change. But you don't want that. People don't want that. People want to be verified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to challenge myself if my initial, like what I'm going to do is always default to my initial impression? Why would I challenge myself? Why wouldn't I just well, verify yeah, with right, a bunch it, of It takes people. extra energy to yeah. to really sink, dive into, you know, challenging your belief system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Side. Yeah. So there you go. That's a curve. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for throwing How's the coffee this shit today, up, guys. Man. Coffee's know. awesome, man. Um, shout out to uh, CBC, Coffee Bean Connection, this morning and every morning right before we fire up this badass <laughs> podcast. And this morning with Bill, we uh, stop into uh, one of our favorite little local watering holes or coffee shops, as we call it, early in the morning. Coffee Bean Connection, uh, Steve and Rich, these guys are thebomb.com. They are amazing fellas and they run a great business and... Just like a great establishment. Good you know, people. Yeah, there's a couple of good coffee places in here. Oh, yeah, we got some good, sure. good coffee places here. I'm just excited. I'm on the podcast before you guys got sponsored, and you just talk about <laughs> your sponsors. This is kind of a cool moment. Did we bring up sacks? Do you wear sacks? No, could you bring up the underwear, the oh, push-up wait, wait. bra underwear? <laughs> so I was, I, I, it's funny, this morning, pulling on my sacks, baby. I was. I woke up this morning, and I took a shower, and I'm like putting the old sacks on, and I'm snugging the boys in where they go, and... I was thinking about it. It's like, oh, we got to talk about sex again. But is there some kind of like, are we going to like, how do we, uh, do we get in trouble for talking about some some company without their permission? Like, You sit there, wear a t-shirt with Nike on it. It's your advertising for Nike. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it. I I suppose, yeah. You're just, you can, you're not getting paid. So you can openly critique or promote. Okay. Awesome. Hell, so could, I'm sure there's a way we could like affiliate link. Like, if you want to buy your pair of sacks, click well, this right. link and yeah. we'll get part of your commission. <laughs> oh well, I'm not fucking doing he's, that. He's the guy that can set that shit up. Yeah, he's the guy. Well, hold, hold on. No, no, don't fucking say no. <laughs> I'm grooming you, bitch. Oh, <laughs> <fuck> you. <laughs> All right. So I mean, I might be a little slow, not the sharpest knife in the toolbox, but. So sacks, is it the push-up bra wait, of men's wait, wait, underwear? Wait, who has knives in their toolbox? Yeah, nobody. Then they're not sharp. That's why they don't get You don't have a utility toolbox. knife in your toolbox? Huh? You don't have a utility knife in your toolbox? Okay, fine. That's true. Good See? point. Yeah. Uh, is it? Is there a whole push-up bra thing going on? I'm there just is, kidding. man. There so, is. I mean, yeah. just the sacks, is yeah. it really called that? Because, man, the way we work around your It's around your the package sack. Absolutely. is different than it's, everybody yeah. else. So it's like, it's this little uh, mesh netting. I'm I'm doing the cradle the balls motion with my hands. Are you serious? It's a mesh netting. It's a mesh yeah. netting. Oh yeah. my. Okay. It's, it's so it's like it's so, so you funny. take your briefs right. Okay, you, say you take a regular set of briefs, and I'm not saying these are regular briefs. So apologize to Sax. I'm just trying to do my rudimentary description to Mr. Bill here. Um, take a pair of briefs, and then where the seam hits your uh, your V line in between, you know, there's two other pieces of mesh netting that are sewn in there, and they come up, and so. Everything sits right inside this little hammock. And that's, it's basically ultra comfortable. Oh. It's comfortable. I mean, so the, the front like area is a little expanded for a little bit more room. And then those mesh nettings, as I call them, I don't, they're not netting to be clear. Um, but well, it's not, yeah, it's not like, it's netting, basically yeah. like, yeah, it, it cradles, but then also it just provides a separation that's comfortable from the junk and your inner thigh. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I don't want to get all into this. I just don't. <laughs> no, you already I, I'm did. not wearing them. Sorry, and, you but well, no, no. I appreciate you yeah. explaining it. I just. That's sex. interesting. Isn't and it? that's crazy. There's a little lift. Okay. And there's a little there's, lift. There's a little there's lift. A little so lift. it is the push-up bra it of is. men's so, underwear. So like when yeah, yeah when when I'm walking through the bedroom in the morning, it's like 
Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like that. Sponsor number two. Yeah. So here's the thing, though, I, and we're bringing it up, so we got to tell him. Kyle said when when he's a boxer guy, so he doesn't like sleeping in them. Yep. So if you're a boxer guy, I'm going to say it's, there's probably a good chance that if you're a boxer guy, these aren't going to be like the shiznit for you because you're used to that freedom of movement. Because these kind of keep everything right where, you know, right up in a, a nice little package, yeah. you know. So. Sure. But if you're a brief guy, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, day to day, just not sleeping, they're great. Yeah. They're great. You don't have to do one of those awkward, like, Did you get super l- extend your leg things. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> there, That's yeah. the whole adjustment thing, right? It's like that whole all day long. I used to, you know, you do a little, yep. yeah, extend the leg. Try to be discreet with the, you to <laughs> use the thumb, the just package. a little movement on the thumb. It's like, why, you know, it's like, it looks like dudes are, you know, playing with themselves all the damn time. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, what else do you want to talk about? One of these days, <laughs> you will remember that we're on an audio recording. <laughs> I'm just, well, I, I remembered it up until two weeks ago, and then I just lost all, all composure. Um, no, yeah, it's great. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Wait, are we making you uncomfortable, Bill? No. Okay. I'm just, I'm just over sax, whatever. Okay, gotcha. I'm, I'm over sax, babe. Well, I'm not even talking <laughs> about sax anymore. I'm talking about underwear and like dudes having to, you got to adjust your shit now and then. That it's. Oh, like, no, that's fine. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> you, you keep talking hey, about dudes. How did this happen? Our uh, fucking, our, 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 inter- our internet research guy is now giving us direction <laughs> on how to fucking talk about shit. Oh, God. God. Oh. All right. Anyway, so interesting. We got, we were talking about dogs, yep. right? And. So, while while Bill was talking about Ruben, I was thinking back. It's like before I had kids, what what was my experience with my dogs? And the the first dog I ever had is uh, so my mother had this big Doberman, and she was a purebred Doberman, and she looked mean as shit. She had the clipped ears and the bobtail, but she's the sweetest dog you ever saw in your life. So, my mom had this um, this like Dodge Durango or some shit, and when people would walk by. She, they couldn't see her tail, but she's so massive, and she put her face up to the window, and she looked like she was snarling, but she was, like, grinning. She was just, just wanted to be a friend. Somebody come pet me. But it, she was, like, the best defense system ever. So you got, you got dogs that people buy to, to, like, protect their house, mm-hmm. right? Everybody thinks that once they get a dog, they're a little safer. That's not always the case. No. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got two dogs in my house. They're both little dogs. Now, I've got one little dog. She's a miniature dachshund. She thinks she's a Rottweiler in the dachshund's body. So, but, but the problem is, is that she, she's really a scaredy cat unless, like, uh, she's, a, she's in, the, in the do- another dog's face and she's got control of the situation. Maybe they're on a leash or whatever. Then she's a total asshole. But when it comes to, like, you hear a dog or a car go by or somebody's walking by with their dog, she barks up a storm. But other than that, that's about it. We've got another dog. His name is Milo, and he's a mutt. He's a dorky, half dachshund, half Yorkie, but he's a little more than that. He he wouldn't save the house. If the house was on fire, he would sleep through it. Like, <laughs> it, there's just nothing going on. Like, he, he in, unless, unless my wife leaves the house, he's going to stay right there waiting for her to come home. He's like a little duckling. He's like, uh, she called him a, a Velcro dog is what the term is now. Oh. Wherever where she moves, he moves. But he's... I don't know how to say this. We had Prim first, so we kind of, 
I kind of love. He's number two. He's number two. He's he's like number two in the pecking order. Second son. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, poor bastard. I feel I kind of feel bad for him because <laughs> he doesn't. Poor bastard. He doesn't get as much love as the first dog does. Oh, poor yeah. bastard. Yeah, I had so, a golden man. Someone could have walked into my house, fucking gave her a treat and pet her and took everything. She would have walked out with him. <laughs> yeah, like hey, don't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yeah. So Bill, yeah, Mr. Bill, yes, sir. You said you moved out here from L.A. Well, I was from here originally. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so where'd you live here originally? Are we talking towns? Reedsburg. Yeah, talking town, Reedsburg. I grew up there. I wasn't born there. I mean, I grew up. I think we moved there when I was in uh, second grade. Where were you born? I didn't know that. I was born in Waukegan, Illinois. Waukegan? Yep. Okay. North suburb of Chicago. Well, I don't know if it's a suburb, whatever. Okay. North of Chicago. North, north side of Chicago. And then I grew up um, in Portage when I was little until I was like five. And okay. then we moved up in northern Wisconsin to a place called Cumberland. Shout out to Cumberland where they have the rutabaga festival. That's where I learned what a rutabaga is. If what? anybody doesn't know, see, you guys don't even know. I didn't really know. Except I, I know what a rutabaga is, So we I didn't had, know there was a festival. I didn't. You know how these like little Midwestern towns sure. have a festival? Yeah. It was the rutabaga festival, and it was such a small town. Check this out, guys. They would have every summer the, during the rutabaga festival, the golden rutabaga. What? I think they'd paint it, <laughs> and they would hide it. This is the killer. They would hide it somewhere in town. It's that small, and you had a week to find it. So, and then you get a prize. And but it would happen. Somebody would find the root. Oh, it was in the mayor's desk drawer down three. You know, they'd find it. Really? It was in the police car over at the far end of the parking lot. You're not going to get away with that in a big town. No. Oh no! It was so funny. It was like the mayor's desk drawer. People, officer, I need to search your car. (laughs) Yeah, where's that golden rutabaga? (laughs) So, and but the funny thing was, we and then when we moved there to Reedsburg, the other little claim to fame or that the funny thing was that their mascot for the high school was the beavers in yeah. cumberland mm. oh really and when i was a little kid somewhere in that we knew we were making the move thing this is you know way back when they had horses and carts and all that kind of oh, stuff yeah, okay um reedsburg was going to the state tournament in basketball and so was cumberland and my dad's you know, like tucking me in one night and a little bit like, who are you going to root for if we, you know, go to state or whatever? And I said, the Beavers. And it could have been either one. And I thought I was so clever. Oh, you knew. It I knew it could have oh, been either you one. Were on that was my, uh, yeah, I was okay. little, you know, little yeah. Billy, like the Beavers. You were, so. pre- you were pretty funny back then. That was crazy. Yeah. I don't know what no, happened no, to you. No, whatever. Something changed. And we had a cat. <laughs> and you had a fucking cat. <laughs> so that was probably what changed him. He looked into the cat's eyes and suddenly right. your soul went away. That's it. Oh, my soul went away. <laughs> Let's go there, Kyle. <laughs> what do you have against cats, Kyle? I'm just not a cat guy. I know what I have against cats. I'm asking what do you got against cats? <laughs> oh! <laughs> you guys talk. No. Did you, did, did, you, did you have cats when you were little? No. Never. Never. Did you? My, okay. My, I just, I was always a dog. Did guy. your, did your uncle have cats out on? He's, he's lived there that on the farm since you were little, right? Or no? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where my yeah, uncle did they is, have yeah. cats like barn cats and shit? I don't think so. No, they like raised pheasants and shit. I, I don't think like always have cats on farms like to chase. This the isn't mice like a. Stuff. Yeah, this isn't like a working farm. It's like okay. A, yeah. No. All right. This is not like a like a farm farm from like the old days with yeah. Court. It's, it's more like, like it used to be a farm and now it's more. But then it was more of a prairie land with a lot of woods, and now it's just rented out. The, sure. the land is just rented out. Yeah, right. But, so no cats ever? No. Okay. No, and I just wasn't a cat guy. 
I don't know. There's, I don't. I don't have anything. I guess against them, other than they're just cats. So I've had <laughs> I've had two cats that I can recall anyway that were like my cats, and and they were one of them was actually when I was in college. We got. I don't, I don't even ask me fucking how I got this cat. It was a Persian, really thick haired mm-hmm. Persian. Mm-hmm. Um, as and my ex wife showed up to the house with it one day and. Uh, um, we brought that cat to Wisconsin, and it had a litter of kittens, and we kept one of the kittens. But when so after my ex-wife and I got divorced, I somehow ended up with all of the animals. I had the cats, I had the dogs, I had everything, and and I didn't. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> I, don't, I, I I want I had one dog. His name was Sam, and he was amazing, and I would I was fine keeping him. Her her it was a her. Yeah, I'm such a good dog owner. I even know what sex my dog was. So I kept Sam, but I ended up with these cats. And so they ended up being outdoor cats. Mm-hmm. And um, and we lived up on the up on the bluff. And it was, you know, it was all weather, whatever. And uh, they, But they'd never, never come inside. And they just became such badasses at mm-hmm. being outdoor cats. But what I liked about them is that they kind of turned into dogs. You know, because they were just like an outdoor cat. They kind of did their thing, whatever. They come up, they let you pet them for a second, and they were running around doing their own thing, and they're so independent. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind that. But then, like, when they came inside, there was fucking cat hair everywhere, mm. and, like, you're, you're, it's always on all the furniture, and uh, it was just so much. Mm-hmm. It was just Sleep so much. on your pillow, and it's just like, oh. if, if I may, we always had outdoor cats. That was part of it. Yeah, the furniture thing still is with me. I mean, I I brought my dog to work today. It's still there's fur on my clothes all the time, and yeah. I I grew up every the cats were always outside. Yeah, so my my wife's brother uh, works a farm. Like his grandma owns a farm, so they have barn cats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So my wife loves to take my three year old to go look at the kittens, and then he comes home and says, "Daddy, I want a cat." Oh mm-hmm. man! And then. But then he also knows that daddy would say F no to that. So. Does mom want a cat? Mom would probably take a cat. Mom's an animal lover in a general sense. Mm-hmm. Um, See, no, fuck that. It's, no cats. <laughs> no fucking cat. See, that's the question though, right? Is that, so if, if you ever, so the first dog we ever got, um, my ex-wife, she's like, well, so there's this dog. And I'm like, no, no fucking way. I don't want a dog. Like we've got, we, at the time we had three kids. And three kids was enough for me. Mm-hmm. I was working full time at a coffee shop. We had a house I was working on. I didn't want anything more to take care of. That that's always been my thing, I guess, is that I don't want anything more to rely on me to take care of it. I don't want that. And so she's like, "Wow, well, well, we're just gonna." We saw this dog, and I'm like, "No, I don't want a fucking dog." And she's like, "Well, just you know, I was just thinking like maybe we'd just go look at it." I'm like, no, you just. You can't just go nope. look at a you fucking just dog. Go look at I, dogs. I see a through line. You here. can't. You cannot just go look at a dog. She's it's got to put it in the backyard yeah. on its leash. <laughs> Take it for if a she walk. She steals it from somebody, mm, right? So she's like, "Well, you know, we're just maybe we're just gonna go look at the dog." And she's like, "Don't do that. I don't want a fucking dog." And so she calls me at work. She's like, "Well, me and me and her." She says, me and dad, her and her dad and the kids, we're just going to go look at this dog. We're not going to bring it home. And I'm like, fucking A. I knew it. There's going to be a dog home. And sure as shit, as soon as I got home that day, here's this little white fucking fluff ball running around in my yard. And it's like, ah, oh, I don't want a fucking dog. So you can't do it. If you ever look, if they ever go. I, I won't. I, yeah, I, I, no, I, I'm just telling <laughs> He's you. He's done. He's, no. I'm just telling you. If they ever want to go look at something, that's you got to draw it. The line <laughs> has to be drawn right there. Absolutely. If you don't want it. 
So did you, did you inherit the dog? Fuck yes. So that's how my dad inherited their cat too. My sister moved out. She had her own little place with a roommate. She got a little orange cat as a kitten. Mm-hmm. Probably found it on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And uh, she was moving places, so she had to move back home for like a month or something like that until she got her new place. And uh, the cat stayed at my parents, and it's still there, like 17 years later. That so happens a lot. That story is, you hear that a lot. Yeah. So yeah. if my boys ever grow up and listen to this, don't fucking bring an animal home. Right, right. Well, my daughter, she's got a cat now. She's 17 years old. She told me, she's like... Oh, she does? Yeah, she's got one in Seattle. Yeah, she's telling me, she's like, I've got a cat now. She's been, she was at my house for a couple weeks. And I'm like, what's your cat doing? She's like, oh, it's just hanging out. Just chilling? I'm like, okay. I'm like, who's taking care of it? She's like, well, Bailey's, her brother's going to, he's going to take care of it. I'm like, oh, shit, that cat's going to (laughs) die. But... It's like, why'd you get a cat? She's like, well, I just thought it'd be fun to have a cat. And it's like, oh, you're gonna go, you're gonna want to go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, summertime comes. She usually comes to Wisconsin for the summer, so mm-hmm. she's here for a couple months. Oh, she's bringing the cat. Fuck that, she's bringing the cat. Mm-hmm. She can't because a, Stephanie's allergic to cats, and b, mm-hmm. I don't want a cat in my house. Yeah, especially with the two dogs because they, they and, oh no. So I gotta, I say that, but see, I, my parents were slightly allergic. That's why we had they were outdoors. So oh. there's an answer. Yeah. Well, an outdoor cat. Oh, I'm so grateful that Stephanie's allergic to cats. Because yeah. if she wasn't, we'd have a cat. Because I, I think she really loves cats. Mm. Yeah. That I am also allergic to cats. That's part nice. of the Are you? Oh, man. That's a trump card right there. You but, didn't say that. Yeah. My, uh, I'm allergic to everything. What about so, your dog? What about the dog? Technically, yeah. Technically. Oh, what does that mean? That means, like, I have such horrible allergies. You know how they do allergy tests where they mm-hmm. prick you? Yeah. With, like, 60 different things. Every one of them reacted, but mold and cockroaches. Really? That's the only two things on the entire test I wow. didn't react to. I've never done one of I those. I didn't know they tested for cockroaches. Yeah. So Isn't it like a whole, isn't it like a big circle full of different kinds of needles? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there's like three pads or two pads of them worth right. of them. Yeah. So I'm allergic to everything. Wow. So when we start podcasting in like fall, my voice is going to be different. So is your diet... The foods you have to really watch because you're allergic to certain foods. Is that, I I'm allergic to fresh fruits. No way. Seriously, and that's like a whole category. Fresh that's, fruits. It's a whole category, but they actually have a chart, and different fruits are associated with different like um, pollens. Is um, it ones with seeds? Huh. It's just typically a fresh fruit, and so and and I can't quantify what that means. I can tell you, melons are the worst for me. So what what it's like. Okay, so what does that look like? If you pick up a fucking a, a, a musk melon and you hold it in your hand, nothing. No, no, no. Nothing. it's it's ingestion. So it's like if you, only if you consume it. Yeah. So yeah. like you could rub an apple on the side of your face. Oh yeah, nothing, nothing. Okay. Um, and so and there's some fruits that are different. Like I can eat an apple. Hell, I can eat a banana. And if I drink something with it, like water, I'll mm. I'll be fine. Okay. If I eat a watermelon, which is like ninety percent water, my throat will close. Oh, really? Yeah. Jesus, how did you find this out? I mean, because I ate a watermelon and I and I lost my voice. Uh, And initially, I thought I swallowed a seed, and then I had watermelon again, and then my throat got super itchy. And then I tried muskmelon and cantaloupe, and I was eating all these melons at the time. No shit. What what was you on some fucking melon kick? Because my grandpa would grow all these melons. Oh, okay. Uh At my uncle's farm he likes to plant things oh yeah your grandpa's garden i remember that he has a huge garden and so he he would always be bringing you know watermelons and cantaloupe and muskman and all the shit that he grew and so we'd be eating it had you was there a time when you ate that stuff and it was fine yes 
when you were little. So this like also, when I was little. Yeah. How, how old were you when this shit? I wanna. It, it was a long time ago. I want to say like twelve. Wow. Okay. Maybe thirteen. Nice. When's the last time you had a melon thing? Twelve or thirteen. Really? There's there's a few occasions like in a summer at a picnic and you're like, oh fuck, that watermelon looks good. It's like yeah. I'm just gonna try a bite, and then I slam like a soda afterwards right. just to okay. get the shit off my mouth. So it's so now. Melons, they like got lots of fibers and shit in them, right? Like it seems like well, the, all of fresh fruit will have fiber. Uh, yeah, but the the melons, like when you cut them, it seems like there's they're more fibrous okay. on the inside. So when he said get the shit out of his throat, maybe it's the the fibers and shit like a banana, probably. Yeah, I maybe it's something whatever uh, it is that sticks to the back of your throat. You don't know this though. No, no, no. and so um, there was different. Um, again, there's this chart, and it's like okay, melons are associated with ragweed, which is like my worst pollen ragweed and then what? strawberries so or something shitty. else yeah and so it, it's actually pretty common like if you're super allergic to a certain pollen that that pollen might associate with a, a, a fruit category huh. really yeah hey bill um we or <laughs> we, we google it hold on check, check this out, out. <laughs> you're not doing so good on this interview. dude i almost was there I'm like, bill, oh, we're 50 oh, yeah. minutes in bill and you haven't yet completed one well, task yeah, uh, what's the password <laughs> on the computer guys i gotta get in one <laughs> one it's just that's it capital o wow so yeah so that's that's the, and i love fruit and that's the problem God can you damn. do an, um can you do a drink like a fruit drink will that affect, uh, it depends like, if it's been pasteurized or not wait wait, so, wait. so Go ahead, continue. So if like a fresh fruit smoothie, right? If I take bananas and apples and dump them with milk into a smoothie, no, same effect. No. But if I have like a prepackaged thing that's been like pasteurized, I'm fine. Oh, so. And if. Ooh, that's. And like apple pie, like pies, like if the, the fruit has been cooked, mm -hmm. I'm fine. And so I don't know if it breaks down a certain enzyme. Damn. But I can, so I can have cooked things that have fruit in it. I just can't have the fresh stuff, which is why I emphasize fresh. Right. This is some interesting shit. I'd have to, I'd have to look this up now. Yeah. Well, it's probably like what the Liptons. They, they talk what? about that. It's a, it's like a, I don't know what it is. A Lipton protein. Tea? No, Lipton. It's a kind of enzyme yeah. in fresh. I mean, in beans and other things. And if you cook them, you get rid of that. It's, it's kind of like it's the fruit or vegetables defense against predators and things like that. And some have more than others and you can break it down by cooking it. And you know, that's why we beans cooked are better than, well, who eats raw beans, but you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Fruit too. I, I'm sure that's probably in that yeah. world. That's really interesting. I've never, I didn't know that. So well, you just heard like, it from Bill. I'm a predator baby. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> fucking predator. We're going to call you. a predator. Yeah. So it's kind of fucked up. And at no, one time, and vegetables and well, yeah, vegetables what about stuff like that? What about, vegetables. what about, um, what is it? Like peppers, like green peppers, red peppers. They, well, I've never, I don't eat have an issue peppers raw in general. Anyways, I use like, I always like to saute them. So I, but I've never had issues. With so those. when you cook stuff, you don't have an issue. No. no. Right. Huh. Yeah. So, well, with that's, it's almost like the Lipton thing is almost like the opposite with milk because like the pasteurization process of milk gets rid of the lactase so the lactase is what balances out the lactose right so then but it also makes milk a little less digestible because they're, they've they've pasteurized it right so yeah. it's like it's it's like it's the exact opposite of milk do you guys know how that works with did you know the story of milk i told you about that once you I'm told sure. me about do it you know yeah. do you know yeah. the story i don't so it's 
I'm going to butcher this You remember this, this. You know this pretty well, though. Well, I, At least you did. It was so interesting. Me. So I read this book called Milk, and it was, I don't know, this fucking old crazy guy that was an electrician that I used to work with. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, I call him Jerry Garcia. It's kind of what it looks like. He's got a big beard. And he's like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> what do you, did you hear about milk, man? And I'm like, wow, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man? And he's like, he's like, oh, man, you got to know the story of milk, man. I'm going to bring you a book, man. You got to listen to that so, or read this book. So anyway. Jerry Garcia, he gives me this book called Milk. And basically, what I, this is the best of my recollection, so this is not fact. If anybody's listening to this, this you know, it could be total bullshit, but I'm going to lay it out there to the best of my knowledge. So um, when, when, everybody, when Boston was populated and people were immigrating over, when they showed up, they were given a piece of land for their home, they were given a piece of, another piece of land for the cow that they were given. So they were given a, a two two plots of land, one for their house, one for their cow. So anyway, they, they get the cow, they get the two plots of land, and everybody had their own cow milk. So that's just like part of the process. It's like you, you feed yourself. So um, as as time went on and, and Boston got more populated, the, the land value went up. And so... People were, um, there were farmers outside of town that had their own, like a lot of cows, but um, they they didn't serve milk. They didn't like, you know, the milkman brings the jars of milk to town. That wasn't as prevalent until people started selling off their properties. So they'd sell off their secondary property and then they'd sell the cow to the farmer or whatever. And then after a while, people were started to sell all their properties. So the farmers outside of town, they were the ones that were milking the cows and then they would, the milkman would bring the, the little container of milk and set it on your front porch because you didn't have a cow anymore. So you so you had to buy your milk as opposed to get it from old fucking Bessie out back. So um, there was, uh, uh, after all that started to happen and there was the distilleries, the whiskey distilleries and the gin distilleries and the moonshine distilleries that were getting more popular and, and more prevalent in the city, they um, they were had all this mash. So... Bill can probably talk to this process a little bit better than I can because he knows whiskey better than I do. But when you're in the process of whiskey, you have this leftover mash, and it's like it's uh, uh what what is what is mash, Bill? Well, it depends on what you're making. I mean, it could be uh, rye, it could be barley. It's it's the it's the leftover stuff that's already fermented, and you just get rid of. And it's and solids. You, the solids. It's solids. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's essentially like the coffee grounds. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um. So there's all this leftover mash, right? And, and they're trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do with all this mash because they're, they've got to get rid of it. And they figured out that the cows will eat the mash. So the distilleries were like, well, fuck. We can start buying cows and we can feed the cows the mash and then we'll just start selling the milk. So it's, it's, we're, it's a win, 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 win all the way around. We're getting rid of our leftover shit and we're selling milk on top of it. Problem was is that when they were building... The, the, the stanchions or whatever for the cows. The cows were in the city. They didn't move anywhere. So they'd push a cow into a stall. They would The cow would eat the mash out of the trough as it came in front of them. And then they would piss and shit and everything right in the same spot. And they never moved. And so they rarely got cleaned out. And so they were, they were like really, really sick cows. They were not healthy at all. But they were milking these cows. And they were undercutting the price of the milk from all the farmers outside the city. So now everybody is getting milk for three cents a jar as opposed to five cents a jar from outside the city. Well, of course they're going to buy the three cents a jar of milk. Well, the milk that was coming out of these fucking cows eating the mash was blue. 
It was fucking blue. And so they started to add all this weird powdery dye shit to the milk to make it white again because people didn't want to drink blue fucking milk. So they, in, in, in one year, there was 50%, and it sounds like a wild number, but it's 50% of all of the babies born in Boston died of what they call now SID, sudden infant death syndrome. And they blamed the milk. So it was all this contaminated, disgusting milk that was coming out of these cows that were treated so poorly and eating garbage food that was killing all these babies. So the, the city and, and the government was like, okay, we got to do something about this. All of our children are fucking dying. So they, they like, we got to come up with a process to make milk safe to drink. But the farmers on the outside of town, they're not even producing milk for people in town anymore because they've, they lost all their business. They're yelling, it's not the milk, but nobody's listening because all these babies are dead and it's an outcry, it's a public outcry. So all milk now, all of it is bad. So flash forward through a bunch of different processes and Louis Pasteur, who's a French dude, he comes up with the idea of pasteurization where you heat the milk to a certain point where it kills the bacteria in the milk. So now we've got this pasteurized milk. Well, now we've got all these people that are having gut issues from dairy. But the reason there's gut issues because from dairy is because when you there's lactose and there's lactase. So everybody says, well, I'm lactose intolerant, right? So the lactase in the milk gets, gets pasteurized out. So that's like kind of to your point, Bill, with the fruit, when you cook it, whatever the, what do you call it, Lipton's? Lipton's. The Lipton's. So they offset the lactose. So when the body only gets the lactose, the system doesn't handle it very well. And if you're sensitive, it's going to handle it even worse. So then you get, you know, IBS and all the other shit that comes with being lactose intolerant. So now you got this whole other fucking industry of milks, almond milk, oat milk, coconut Mm. milk, rice milk, pea milk, whatever kind of fucking milk that came out of the fact that we fucked milk up from the beginning all because... We are amazingly good capitalistic <laughs> society. To so, <clears throat> well, it's not just America, obviously. It's, I mean, this is something certainly in Western Europe and the rest of the world and all of Europe. And But that's because Louis Pasteur took his pasteurization process all over. Well, he was there. We set the standard. But so are you saying unpasteurized milk straight from the cow? I mean, I've had before, but is that it? It's Rob got milk. both lactose and... Correct. And what was it? Lactase. Lactase. Yeah. And then those two kind of... So yeah, they, they, yeah, they call that raw milk. Right. Yeah. So raw milk, but it's illegal. Right. Because we here in Sauk County, Wisconsin, we had one of the greatest legal fights in our country over raw milk. Do, yep. were you, do you remember that? No. Were you here for that? Oh, yeah. It was Man. National it was, news. It was national news. They were, they were picketing people with picket signs all around the, the courthouse square, you know, fighting for raw milk. Because so here's the deal. There's this dude. He's a farmer. And he understands the process. And, and he drinks raw milk all the time and his whole family drinks raw milk they can't drink pasteurized milk because it makes them irritable not not you know emotionally irritable but right. <laughs> it makes their system irritable. so mean are they drinking yeah. milk yeah that's what it is you're an irritable bastard if you drink regular milk so they're drinking um the raw milk and they know it's got its benefits so there's a, a little groundswell movement in this area and people start buying the raw milk kind of on the side right yeah. so then the um the man comes in and says hey not acceptable. You can't be selling that. It's against. It's got to be pasteurized. We won't, if it's not FDA approved, you can't sell it. It's illegal. 
This guy's like, okay, so he kind of figures out a workaround, right? You, so what, you'd buy a portion. You 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 buy in. You basically be buying a piece of the cow. So you because if you own it, if it's your farm, you can have unpasteurized milk, and farmers do that all the time. Yeah, and that was it because we belong to this, and you pay a small amount, and then now you own. That was their whole. You know, their lawyer said, now you own the cow. Now you can drink unpasteurized. You can have raw milk. So we yeah. used to go once a week get our raw milk, and that's what people did for. A while, yeah. Last and I think then the man said, a few no. years, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So he would have a refrigerator on his property. He would milk the cow, and he was essentially there. Were, so there was two workarounds then, because for you, it was like you buy a porridge, but you still have to pay him. Yeah, you so, still so, had to and, buy the milk. So, so but you, but, but it's your cow. But you're not buying the milk. That was the workaround. It was like you're buying mm. his services, right. To store feed. House, take care of the cow and 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 the medical care and yeah. then and then all, you're you're paying for that. You're not paying for the milk. Right. The milk is yours. The cow is yours. You're just paying. So that was the workaround. The legal part of it was he could get away with keeping the cow for you, but then the man came in again and said, "Uh, uh, right. we know what you're doing." And they stopped it again. So I don't know if anybody's doing it all now. There well, if still, they are, they're not talking about it. Yeah, there were still a few people. Because for a long time, this wasn't talked about. Right. It was, it was a, like this underground thing. Like, we, we get you in the back of the alley. What kind you of know, asshole? And then you pick up our milk. Department. You know, yeah. we, you, couldn't, we couldn't tell anybody. It so was a secret thing. You know what ruined it, I bet? What? Fucking internet. Somebody talked about it. Somebody Maybe. took an Instagram no, the picture of the, of the fucking cow. And it was How a little the internet's self- a good thing? What are you talking Fuck about? Fuck you. Internet has ruined so many things. So many uh, the, things like this. Internet's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But so many good fucking things like Pewitt's Nest. Pewitt's Nest. You Pewitt's Nest. Like, that, yeah. God damn, man. It's the same thing. We were just out in Los Angeles uh, in the last few years visiting friends. And we used to live in Hollywood. And near the Hollywood sign up on the hill. And, you know, we'd go walking there every day. We'd walk the dog there. We'd whatever. And there are paths and fire roads and what. And you know, if you live locally, you'd kind of know. I mean, there are signs down there in that region that, you know, there's no access. But, you know, if you live there, you know, well, you turn here. It's these old winding roads and you go up there. Now, and we were up there and with our old, our, our friend who is our landlady. And we're like, let's go up to the sign and, you know, take a picture. Hey, we're in Hollywood kind of thing. And she's like, and we're thinking, we'll just go up, you know, X, Y, Z. Like, we know the mm-hmm. Yellow Brick Road. And she's like, oh, yeah, you can't go there anymore. Like, what? You can't even drive? Oh, yeah, no, they've it's all carted off. You can't do it. She's like, but I have an answer. I know what. And so she drives, and it's a totally different way going to the sign, a totally different side of it to a degree if you get up there. And then and we go between two houses. Back, she's like, oh, no, it's okay. Yard. Yeah, No, you're walking in two houses, and we're back there, and we're taking some pictures, and we're close. And then we see... Behind us, like, I hear a noise. I'm thinking they're going to tell us, hey, we're in their yard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like two tourists speaking another language. They weren't even American. And they knew about this because the internet told them this is where you go between these houses and you get a picture of the Hollywood sign. I'm like, oh, that is interesting. So, I mean, right there. And she's like, oh, yeah, they come up. Yeah, these things, the internet's like, it's all over the place. You can't find any secret, you know, ways to get there anymore. Yeah, there's the, 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 the word special, secret, you know, like, it, it, the internet is is kind of fucked that up. Yeah, there's not there's nothing out there that I mean, unless it's a like like you said with the milk, 
it's still happening somewhere, but nobody's talking about Nobody it. Will it, talk it is about like it, yeah. the fucking mafia yeah. or the CIA or something. That's how close Absolutely, of a secret yeah. it's got to be yeah. kept now. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess maybe in some ways we'd learn on how to keep. There was together. a farm. So there was another maybe. farm. So when this was happening with this farmer, <laughs> mm-hmm. there was a farm. Maybe I know somebody who knew somebody that this farmer would, you know, do the underground railroad milk, yeah. raw milk. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't tell anybody, but he also sold to one of the big milk producers, one of the organic milk producers oh, okay. in the state. But you had to get there before, you know, like four thirty in the morning when mm. his milk truck comes. Right, and he finally, and that was the thing. Like, oh gosh, you know, I got there at twenty two, and the truck was coming, and he waved us down like you had to turn around and things like that. Oh, it's because he finally the, stopped it because yeah. he sells most of his milk to this other company. That's how he makes a living. Yeah, you know? yep. but he just, you know, he realizes like, but that whole thing. And yeah, he gets it though. He gets what it's better. Have you guys ever had? Like, oh, it's totally raw milk. better. Oh yeah. my gosh! Have you it's ever incredible. had raw milk? I have not. Oh my god! Oh, it's not. It, our kid. That's what we had. I mean, he's, you know, he graduated high school last year. That's how he was raised. Was on that raw milk. Yeah. And for those of you that know that, I mean, it's amazing. It's, and we, when he first so had good. like regular milk out of a store or you know at somebody's house, he's like, "You call this milk?" I mean, he's like six. He's like, yeah. "You guys drink this?" You know, it was just it's that different. It it is. It's it's. It's incredible. It, so if you grew up drinking regular milk and you drank a glass of raw milk, it would be kind of weird tasting. I think it just it would be like a, a, maybe to it's a degree richer. It, it's, it's it's richer, but it, I hate to say this because I don't, but I don't have a better word for it. It's like you can you can taste the the um I'm gonna say it, but it's not how I feel about it anyway. It tastes a little gamey. To it, mm. to it, it's like it can. Well, no, the the time of year. You get your milk. It could taste more like in the spring. It tastes more gamey than yeah, in the winter. It, yeah, it would absolutely what they're eating would yeah, so, change it. So well, yeah, when I that's it's a great way of saying it, is what they're eating. You can taste like what it's really made of. It's like you know when they say you eating grass fed beef, you can taste the difference between grass fed beef and corn fed beef. It's just like it's just better beef. Mm. There's more flavor to it. So when people grow up drinking regular milk and they have raw milk for the first time, all that punch of flavor in your mouth, it's a, it's a weird, it's a different feeling. But then when you, so when I first moved to Wisconsin, I lived in the Dells for a little while, but then we bought this farm and uh, my uh, ex-father-in-law, he wanted to milk cows. So he had 30 cows and he would milk them. And this is my first ever experience with raw milk is we had this bulk tank full of milk and it always kept it nice and cold and so i would go to work all day and i'd come home and the first thing i'd do is i'd go out to the bulk tank and we had this pitcher sitting out there and i'd pour a pitcher full of milk right Mm. off the bulk Mm -hmm. tank and it's all sanitized you know it's clean it's not like it's a dirty place Mm -hmm. but it's not pasteurized and then i bring it inside and you'd let it sit on the counter for 20 minutes, half an hour, and that cream would all rise mm-hmm. right to the top, right? Mm-hmm. So we'd st- we'd take a spoon and we'd scrape the cream off the top and we'd put it in the jar and we'd put that in the fridge and then we'd have the milk. And, oh, man, I would drink three, four glasses, mm-hmm. big fucking glasses of this milk. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like full fat and, and it like, oh, it's a, it's the best. Yeah, if, if, if ever you're at a farm, a dairy farm, and they have milk right from the cow, oh, yeah, and they're sampling some. Sample it. it yeah. It's so I have, incredible. I probably yeah. have access. Yes. <laughs> yeah, perhaps you do. <laughs> yeah. So then, then we'd make the butter. Oh, oh you yeah. take the cream. We, we used to, we've done that. You take the cream off the top, you put it in the jar, you put it in the fridge, and when you got enough, we'd sit around. It takes a night. lot. Yeah, it does take a lot. We'd sit around and we'd watch a movie or something, and everybody would take and shake the jar. 
So you just hand the jar around and you just shake it. All the kids, you know, we, all of us would just sit around and shake the jar for 10 minutes till your arm got tired and hand it to the next person and they're shaking the jar. And when you're done, you got this lump of butter in the bottom of the jar and you pour the, you pour the cream off. Is that whey? What's left? I don't know. Is it? I don't know what's left. Maybe. Whatever, whatever it is that's left. We yeah. didn't, we didn't use that. It we poured be. it off. And then when you got this and the butter is like next fucking oh, level, bro. It is so good. It this, is so incredible. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, there's just nothing like it. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Like, it'd be a fun little experiment with your it kids. Would. If you could get a hold of yeah. some cream and have yeah. them make butter, it's cool, man. It takes it's, it's it takes effort, but it's... it's like, we make ice cream. Yeah. You guys do yeah. that, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Used yeah. to sit in restaurants and shake little half and halves until they start to curl. <laughs> <laughs> I need some butter. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring my steak out for like an hour. Hold yeah. on. I'm going to yeah. be making butter here. <laughs> That would be amazing. That would be, be so, funny. That would be hilarious. The, the farmer in the restaurant. Hold what on, you, making butter here. I'm making butter. I'm making butter. Just give Individual me an hour. Servings right here. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Huh? I can you do it with the the full on cream at the store? Can it's you usually make, that's there's usually stuff added to it, isn't there? Yeah, I I, I think that's it's pasteurized. pasteurized. Yeah. It is pasteurized, but so I don't think you can. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who Maybe somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just call in now if you know. Just go ahead and call in. Yeah. Kyle's waiting for your call. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. <clears throat> no, man. It was like, that was a, God, talk about having like farm animals and the difference and and how you feel about your pets. and Because we had a shitload of cats. And they all were mousers. And if like one of them died, it's like, oh, there's, there's a dead cat over there. Mm -hmm. You really feel mm -hmm. the connection to the land in a situation like that or a farm mm -hmm. that's working like that, you know, w whether it's the animals or the raw milk or what, you know, just everything, it just all works together. It's beautiful. It, it's it, such a great thing. It is, but it's, it's so raw. I mean, the, the experience and the process of running it is so different than like, when you think about like, you know, how you, how you care for your pets compared to where you have a farm, <clears throat> excuse me. When you grow up on a farm, getting attached to animals is, is kind of a no, no. Yeah. Because right. your animals are your food, Correct. right? Yeah. And so, like when, um, so my son Connor, when we he was he was probably three or four when we had this farm, eh, maybe two or three. Anyway, um, one day uh, we so when you're milking cows, sometimes you have something happen, the cow gets sick or whatever, and you got all this milk that you can't use. Um, and so uh, my uh, uh, father-in-law is like, well, we got all this extra milk that we can't drink because our bodies can't handle it, but pigs will drink it, mm. no problem. So he was said, I'm just going to go get a couple of pigs and we'll feed the milk to the pigs. So then we will have some bacon and pork and whatever at the end of the year when they're all nice and fat. We'll get a little bit of extra supplemental feed and they'll be good to go. So he goes, he goes to this auction to get two pigs. Fucking two pigs. That was the deal. He shows up with eight fucking pigs. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's like, what is going on? And he's like, wow, they were so cute. And all these things. I'm like, no, they're food. You can't like, you, you know. And so then eight pigs. Now we now it's going to cost us a fortune, A, to feed the pigs because we don't have that much milk. And B, my son, he falls in love with these fucking pigs. Right. Every morning. This is no shit. Every single morning, he would get up. He would put on his little bib overalls. And he would walk down to the, so we had the barn, and then the lower part of the barn, the window was exposed kind of at a slope. So he would walk down to the window, and the pigs were in there, and he'd be down there going, kup, 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 kup. and he would talk to the pigs, and the pigs would be all snorting and stuff. And he would sit there for 20 minutes 
talking to the fucking pigs every morning. And now we got to kill these things, mm. you know, when they get big and fat. And it's just like, it's a whole different environment yeah. living on mm-hmm. a farm. Well, you look at those, the 4-H kids or the FFA kids, like yeah. at the fairs, who raise these, right? you know, these animals and then they have to auction them off. Yeah. Like, and they're just heartbroken. You feel bad for these kids. They're bawling because they mm-hmm. know what they just had to do. They just sold their animal to go get slaughtered. Yeah. But that's a, that's a hard life lesson. It, you know, and I would think that the parents of the 4-H kids, they, there's a, they, they look at that as a lesson. Yeah. It's a lesson mm-hmm. in life that this animal is food. Like you can care for it. And the reason is, is like they're, they're teaching, I believe that they're probably teaching their kids that this is how we make a living. Yep. Understand that when you sell this cow, you're going to get a thousand bucks for it. It goes into your pocket and you can put it towards, you know, a college or a car or whatever. But at the end of the day, this animal is food. That's how, that's how they're going to approach it. Because, you know, yeah, my, uh, my wife, her, she did 4-H and F- FFA and all that. And um, her, her dad had steers and she would raise a steer. And it's, I can't imagine. It's like your pet. But at the same day, at the same time, if you have a generational farm, you're teaching that younger generation, this is what farm life is. Yeah. I had, uh, I, I, I was doing um, theater out in Idaho and I stayed with uh, people, local people would let us stay with them. And there are these two sisters that brought up on a cattle farm. And this is what their parents did. And this is what they still did with the farm. They would have meat in their freezer named Oh, do you want mm. Bessie? Really? Bessie, Bessie was good. And they just, that was, it was part of their family thing. And they were really like, oh yeah, Bessie was great. I mean, they kind of half joke about it, but not, you know, they're adults and they totally got it. That's how mom and dad brought them up. This is Roger, you know, whatever these, this, that, that they were, this is what's going to happen. This is the end result. They're going to be yep. on your yep. plate. And they would name it, And they were perfectly fine with that. That it actually, it was like, you know, it was some sort of honor to that, animal you know like bessie yeah she was great oh she was good and she tastes great too you know they totally got it <laughs> that's, that's a little <laughs> it's a little twisted. weird it's, it's a, a little, little i've never seen it before yeah. but they had this freezer with you know wrapped meat and names on it oh, and i was okay. like who what okay so you, know, you thought they were like wait okay anyway what what if somebody fucking shows up right who doesn't know this story right right and then they go like oh you know they go like hey you got you know where's the ice cream and they're like oh yeah it's on the freezer you know and they just go get yeah, the fucking cream. george written on there and uh, it's yeah. like what the fuck these are serial killers yeah. raul's in there yeah is this like from are these people from wisconsin yeah. what's going on here it's gonna it's, it's a movie it's, it's another movie it is yeah. it's it's like jesus uh, so but I, I that would be a good movie like the cover is your farmer and you just say it's all like your animals <laughs> yeah, but see, it's actual that's right. and somebody starts connecting dots wait a minute a woman went missing three years yep, ago exactly yeah yeah, yeah that, that so yeah it's a little twisted i mean mm-hmm. on on one hand i kind of get it but fuck it's like Every single time you're going down to eat dinner, it's like, oh, who are we eating tonight? I, I, it was their family. Yeah. It was the, hey, they, yeah. This is hey, how they were raised. More power to them. More power yeah. to them. You know, and and their it, mom and dad were no longer part of the picture. So mm-hmm. this is they continued this tradition. Well, if it helps yeah. them, like if it helps them in the process and with their kids, and yeah, more I, power to them. No, no judgment as far as who they are as people. But right. to me, that just seems a little. I don't know if that would fit with me. I don't know. It struck me as a little weird. But it, and then after a while, I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you if you grow up with it, I mean, like Bill said, it's yeah. a way of honoring the animal. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And if you with it, there is something to be said though about you know raising 
from start to finish and slaughtering and butchering your own animal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's no different than hunters. Like, are you a hunter, Bill? No. No. You're a hunter, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So am I. Yeah. And I and and I know people maybe disagree with hunting, but there's something to be said for taking the animal, skinning it, butchering it, and cooking it. I mean, start to finish, man. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. There's a um. So I, I don't know about you. So when I grew up, when I was hunting. There, there wasn't um, a level of, of uh, as much of the honor and the and the and the appreciation of the animal when I grew up hunting. You know, we were I we grew, I grew up in a small town and um, we, you know, we fuck we would we used to have guns in our pickup trucks at school, loaded mm-hmm. on a gun rack in a back window, which is bananas to me now. But and, and it and I'm not saying it was wrong back then at all because it was just a, our way of life. So. To, to the point of that, it's just like, it's, it's the way we lived and, and I appreciated it. And I think there's room for that, but you just got to have, you know, it's like in today's society, it doesn't, it doesn't fly, but we would get done with school during hunting season. Sometimes during hunting season, school, A, it'd be half empty because people, the kids, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. they wouldn't go to school. We're hunting. Other kids, we would go to the pickup truck after school. We didn't have orange blaze orange nothing we'd have five guys in the back of the truck all with guns and we would just drive up into the into the mountains we'd go on a four service road or even off the highway if we saw a deer we'd stop we would shoot it and bring it back and that was it it was like and sometimes it was like it, it sounded like world fucking war Two. <laughs> boom 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 mm-hmm. you know guys shooting like crazy at these deer so coming to wisconsin and meeting my father-in-law um Shout out to a man named Harvey. He is, uh, he's an exceptional human being and he is very in tune with nature. And he taught me so many things about nature and, 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 and life. I could go on and on for the, about him, but, um, there's just that honor in, in harvesting an animal. And, and so growing up without him, I didn't realize that, but meeting him and, and then going hunting again with him, he just taught me a lot of different elements. And there's a, a big element that I really appreciate now is that if I harvest an animal before I do anything else, after I know it's dead, I'll just sit there for just a second and just say, thank you. I say it out loud where it's just a moment where I can say, thank you for feeding my family. Thank you for, for giving up your life to feed my family. And and an appreciation of that life that that um you know if it's two or three years old you know it's just it's an honor it really is an honor and and if and if I think we treat it as such it's you know it's the way it's supposed to be done yeah. do you have a process the you, you know how, how do you handle that uh, it would probably be similar um you know I, I remember the first time I shot a deer with my dad I don't think I did in front of my dad but I'm pretty sure I cried. Like that's mm-hmm. a that's a hard thing as yeah. and I was probably twelve. Yeah. Right. But to to have and it was doe, to have it walk by and I'm sure we didn't make eye contact, but to look into that animal's eyes mm. as you know you're going to then kill it, that's a tough thing. That was rifle. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah, rifle, rifle. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh and so yeah, it's just but it was it was just the way it was because like you said, it feeds us. Like we didn't waste this stuff and and our family does everything so like we don't skin it or we don't you know gut it and then take it to a butcher we hang it skin it ourselves 
and cut it up ourselves. My dad used to work in a butcher shop, so he was familiar with the whole process anyways. And so, yeah, there's just a, there's a gratitude to do it. There's also a peace that comes with it. Just sitting out there waiting for that animal. Uh, I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, I think when people take like trophy pictures too, right? Like you shoot a big buck and you, you're smiling and you have someone take the picture while you're holding thing. Like there's, Someone who doesn't hunt might think of that picture as, oh, they're just showing off that they just killed an animal. No, it's my way of saying this thing is majestical. This thing is a, amazing. Majestical. That was a big word. I it was like, like a fucking, fucking unicorn. I, I don't even know if that word exists, no, but, it, does but it, now. it does now. It does yeah. now. Majestical. But, but this thing is amazing, and I am so lucky to have been blessed to see it in its life, and I will put it to good use type yeah. thing, mm. you know? Mm. And so... It goes back to the pet thing, I think, where yeah. people just treat things differently. It depends on how you've grown up. It depends on your mentality on things. Yeah. You know what the photos, though? Kind of going back to what you were saying with the photos, that shit can go a little bit far. Uh, like, it can. When you're talking, like, exotic shit. Well, I don't even mean exotic. I mean, just like, I mean, I. so there's some, I don't know how to say it, but there's some, some fucking people that they'll take a picture of a deer and and they'll like do this weird shit with them, oh, you know. Sure. And it's just like they'll hang them upside down and stick their face by their face. And it's, I haven't seen those really. Well, you're not in that. I mean, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's on social media. It, yeah, yeah, okay. But wow, that's it, yeah. It's really it's so disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's there's mm-hmm. a there's a level of it that's like it's just kind of sick. You know, there are some people out there that just fucking love to kill just for the sake of killing. You know, when I when I first came to Wisconsin, I met some guys. They they would go to these farmers and these farmers like when you're when you have a farm if you have so many acres you get so many debt tags per amount of mm-hmm. acres for harvesting extra animals that are damaging your corn or whatever you can you can you know couch it under whatever but these guys would go and shoot deer for farmers and get all these tags just to kill them they they wouldn't even eat them they would just go and pile up bodies mm-hmm. and it's. So there's there's a level of like understanding, respecting the animal, and then with the photos is like, it's like they they thought it was fun to take a photo with a truck bed with a bunch of deer in it that they weren't even gonna eat all the meat, you know it it's, I I understand why you know everybody in every single, you know uh, thing we do in life there's always someone that's gonna make it look bad yeah you know there's always somebody that's gonna take it to a level that's you know it, it's it's immoral or whatever you know so it's to the to the point of taking photos with your deer if you're out there and you're taking photos with a deer that you harvested it's have some respect yeah have Mm -hmm. some respect for the animal Mm -hmm. have some respect for the people who might be looking at this picture of your animal and and just just understand that like it's it's a it's a privilege it's a privilege that we have here Mm -hmm. to be able to go and harvest an animal Mm -hmm. and to eat that animal and to, you know, it's like some people, it's their, it's their way of life, but it, where we live, it's a privilege. You know, it's like, we're, we're, we're part of mother nature. We're not, we don't have to dominate everything, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah. I, I've seen a few of like the disrespectful things typically cause it goes viral and people are bashing them, but I would hope that that is few and far between. I would think, I would like to think at least the people that I know who hunt would be respectful of an animal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would like to think that that's the minority. Yeah. You know, well, with anything, when you see bad things like that and it just, like you said, shows 
poor lighting on any situation. I, I would like to think in a general sense, that's a minority of people. Yeah. Whatever the situation may be. Yeah. You, you mentioned exotic animals. So that big, so in Texas, Texas is like a whole different fucking planet. They've got all these ranches where they've got animals there from all over the world. The only place in the, in, in the United States where you where you'll see a fucking zebra, a, a wild zebra on these ranches, zebra and kudu and axis deer. And they got, it's like, <clears throat> well, he's on Joe Rogan. He talks about it a lot. Cause he had this funny joke about it, but there are more lions in captivity or tigers in captivity in Texas than there are in the entire world. Jesus. Really? More, yeah, more tigers in captivity in the mm. state of Texas than there are in the entire world outside of Texas. Wow. So it's wild, right? So as, as most of us know, Texas just got fucking hammered with this ice storm and snow and cold weather. So I saw a photo of this ranch, and it was a picture of all these dead axis deer because they're not fucking from here. They can't handle the cold. Their deer aren't like white-tailed deer, you know, and so they're used to that warm climate, and they just died. They died over a period of a week, and it wasn't because of so much, like, part of it was, um, they, there was some of it that was starvation because the ranchers couldn't get to the animals with the feed because, I don't know, they got two-wheel drive trucks or whatever, but they couldn't get out there. And the other part was is they just froze to death. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 14 degrees down there. That's That's deadly for them. And so how... It's it's a it's a weird spot because in in some ways there might be endangered species that somehow this rancher in Texas is some is is keeping from being extinct. But at the same time, they're manipulating nature too by by inviting all these animals that are from a different part of the country in there to live when it's just not their environment. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought that was really strange that they like they, they got hit really hard, a lot of big ranches and stuff. And so then they're starting GoFundMe pages. Oh, to revive their to, to for the ranchers because they lost it's their income because people come and hunt. Okay. You know, they'll come and hunt an axis deer, they'll come and hunt a kudu and like you know, those weird curly yep. fucking horn things. It's it's a whole industry down there. It's huge. Yeah, it's and they get so much money. How much it costs to hunt a white fucking white tailed deer down there that's in a it's a, a nice size buck? Yeah, but that's not that's not hunting, man. That's all. This I, is a fucking plant. Here's a feeder. Sit in this <laughs> sit in this stand, and at a, in about thirty minutes, yeah, we'll hit the seeds, and then all the deer will come, and, right, right, and you can right. kill it while it's fucking Agree. eating. Agree. That's not hunting. They're calling it hunting. So these guys could, guys from the states go there just to be able to hunt exotic animals. Yeah. So they can say they've got they can put that trophy mount on their wall of this mm. exotic animal. And it, I agree. It's I'm not rolling hunting. my eyes. People I, can't see yeah, it. Right. I, I I agree. I I totally understand. It's not hunting at all. You could call it if you wanted to stretch it. You could call it herd management. No, but you it, could not. But that is not a that sport. That is not herd management. That, to how, some degree. How is that herd management? If you need if you have so many animals on a piece of land, that land can only support so many animals. But they put them there, huh? Yeah, I know. So, it's but the herd it, on the ranch. It, it, after the fact that, that they put them put there, there yeah. if they needed to okay. take a couple animals off the land, I Managing get it. But herd. still, yeah, that's not sport. And I'm sorry if you do it, and and I haven't done it, so maybe it is a different vibe. But I, I can't personally be proud of going down there shooting something exotic or not in, in that specific situation. It's it's, it's, it's just it's not the same. It's 
Yeah, it's, it's not, fishing in a barrel, man. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, you caught that giant fish. Well, yeah, but they put it there, and all I had to do is fucking stand here for thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's not no. And they pay ten thousand dollars for well, a, yeah. for a good sized whitetail buck yeah. to no. harvest it. And it's interesting because they'll sit there in a blind. You know, blind us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll sit there in a blind, and there's a guy from the ranch in the blind, and then there's a hunter in the blind, and so a buck will walk up, and he'll be like, "Okay, how much for that one?" He's like, mm, eight thousand. Oh, they look they. That's how they do it. Oh they yeah, look at it. Yeah. Oh, that's about an eight grand. Yeah, dude. yeah. Oh. On the spot pricing. Yeah, man, I want one for seven forty nine. Yeah, yeah, but you're negotiating. How about seven fifty? I'm sitting there. The deer's there. I don't yeah. have time to. Well, that's that's the whole thing. And then when you get them there, so if if you are a hunter, if you do hunt and you see the buck of, and these bucks are bucks of a lifetime. If you saw a buck like this in the wild, it would be so rare. It's like it's it like seeing a the 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 turdy pointer from like the song yeah. that we hear all uh, every hunting season here in Wisconsin. Right. It's a buck of a lifetime. When these bucks walk in, when I shot a buck this year and it's, you shot a good buck. I did. And and it was probably the biggest buck I've ever shot. And when it came in and I saw it, my, my, my right leg started to shake a little bit. Right. I mean, they, like that's what, that's the feeling you get when you're a hunter and, and the, and this animal walks in and it's just like, you Oh, it's so intense. And so it's like adrenaline coursing through your veins. So if you're from Wisconsin and you see this buck that there's 99.9% chance you'll never see this buck in the wild, right. walks up to your stand and you see it, you still get the same feeling because you're not there looking at those bucks all day, every day. The ranchers don't give a fuck. They, they see it all the time. They're feeding them. They're dropping hay bales for them or whatever. But if you're not from there and you see that, I can imagine the feeling you get is exactly the same as when you're sitting in your deer stand and you're waiting for that buck to come in mm. that may never show up for mm. your life, you know? So, yeah, it's like, oh, how much for that one? You probably don't even ask the question. No. Boom, 10 yeah, grand. Right. You know? And and then you got to, you know, whatever, sell some stocks or something to pay for it or cash out a little 401K. But then, but then there's some people, that's like, that's what they live for. Mm-hmm. They got the trophy on the wall. You know, they got the story. Even, I'm sure they'll make it a little better story. Yeah. And here, here's the thing, right? Like I said, I've never hunted that way. I, I, so it may be a different experience than I'm perceiving, but I'm fairly confident it's not. So it's just not my cup of tea. You had mentioned people in Texas altering nature or something like that by keeping these things from going extinct. Do you feel the same way about zoos? Um. Like a zoo, there's zoos, right? Yep. That have the one in the world left of the species, and they're trying to revive it, or they have the two, and they're trying to mate them. So it's kind of go, you guys. No, go you. I was. You, it's, you. There's a little bit of playing God with that, where uh, it's that's so fucking tough, man. Because like the reason they're extinct probably has something to do with us. Yeah. You know, so so we we manipulated the environment they live in. To, to maybe make that animal fucking go extinct. It's like they got like the fucking sand shrew over in the coast of California, you know, because we built so many fucking houses on the beach and then we bring all of our bullshit garbage and people and everything that now they're extinct because they got no other place to fucking go. So if a zoo has the final albino sand shrew in the fucking world <laughs> and they're trying to breed it because someone found one on the coast of Australia, I, there's something about that that I kind of like, I kind of get because yep. we're trying to preserve this this life that we fucked up but it's like if it's for show like if it's like it's it's a touchy subject man because it's like when you got like the, a white rhino 
in a in a you know fifty yard by fifty yard enclosure with some plastic fucking rocks. It's really sad. Yeah, mm. you know that's a sad situation. And it's like I and and so if they if it was a, a institution that brought the animals in to help breed them to help save the species and not make them as some kind of but at the same time if they don't let people see them then the, where do they get the funding to fucking try to breed them you yeah know, it's they, a weird balance in a zoo right yeah like you're a lot of zoos i think will get animals to rehab them because they came in injured or something like that and then yep. they just stay there but you're you have to have people come see it otherwise no one's going to care right mm-hmm. no one's going to pay you you know no. how, how do you how do you pay the the vets that that rehab the animals you know it's like i'm sure there's some grants out there but they can't pay for everything but then it turns in that's where it kind of i think gets weird because it turns into a business cuz then it's like well we can make a really nice enclosure to make it really great for people to come see the animals and see it more lifelike so then it's a business right we're going to get so much ahead because we've got all these updated enclosures but now you are you paying for the for the process of trying to help an endangered species or are you paying to keep your doors open? You know? Yeah. That's inside of a zoo that I wouldn't know. I would, I would hope that the upgraded enclosures is for the benefit of the animal, not necessarily the viewer. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I can't, I, I haven't gone to a zoo often, but when I do go to zoos, any zoo, no zoo in particular, I, I don't find animals that are looking happy. (laughs) It's, I mean, <laughs> it's strange, right? It's just, a, I mean, other than the otters, they always look happy. I don't know why. Yeah, that's true. Right? Otters are fucking cool. I don't know what it is about otters, but they, when you see them in the fucking tank, it's fucking cool, man. Yeah. They're running around, they're playing and shit, you know? But yeah, it's like, I don't know. What do you think, Bill? It's a hard thing. Zoos have been around, I think, you know, for a long time before we were destroying forests and, you know, I mean, there was this much development that it's really hard because so there's that and there's some of the old zoos you'll see like the the cages the places where they would keep these animals that are empty now you know where the zoo isn't we're really small yeah Yeah. and and Mm -hmm. and that just didn't seem humane or nice to the animals and there's that whole stance which still you know you can view a zoo in that light and 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 part of me does yeah part of me so and then what you talked about the you know with the development of you know what we're doing today and i was just looking at something about that in south america some of the things and the plants that we're destroying you know the things there's these mm-hmm. rainforests that like 90 percent of the you know medications in the world are plants we don't even know about you know things and we're just destroying it and it's all for profit it's all for industrial use and you know, and it's just going rampant and it's like that development's going way beyond the humanitarian part or what the world, you know, would probably benefit from. So there's that balance that you see, well, in the zoo, they do have the last, you know, XYZ animal and they're, you know, trying to get more. And I get that, but at least they're not in these little cages. I mean, when yeah. it's still, if I see a zoo and I don't go to zoos that often, but if you see one where it's like, well, that just doesn't look like that animal's happy or fun or why are they there? And I, I don't think you see a lot like that these days, but that part I don't like. Yeah, it's, it's and that's a, where I and I don't go to zoos because I don't need to see the giraffe in Wisconsin. Uh, you right, know, right. You know, I mean, it, there are times like when I had my son was little, I'd be want to expose him to stuff. And there's a great zoo in Madison. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, and, the and they'd have, zoo. yeah, yep. they have and great, and it's free, and you can walk through, and it's like here's this tiger or this elephant, and yeah. they, you know, and I know they're doing their best to really care for these animals, or at least I think so. 
That's what, what they say. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like they're doing their best to care for them and create the environment they can in what they have to provide. I mean, they got a, a fucking tiger, but it's minus 20 outside. Yep. So so they... What, now the tiger's living inside. Right. So you got a tiger inside in a, in a, in a whatever, a, a glass walled cage where you can see it. And there's big tall plants and shit in there like, like a, a botanical garden or whatever. But at the same time, you see them. So when they, when they pace... You know, the, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the the whole tiger walking in front of the glass, pacing back and forth. Right. That They don't fucking do that. Right. That's not life. No, right. Like so there, there's definitely a yin and a yang. Yeah. At, even at a zoo, a good zoo. You're yeah. like, okay, there's... Yeah. So, and to the, to your point, you mentioned though, that like when an animal gets injured. Yeah. Okay. So there's a level of like, so the McKenzie Center, you know what the McKenzie Center is here in the area. It's like, it's in Poinette, I think. You ever been to McKenzie Center? I know. So they take in injured animals, you know, and so they've got like a, uh, you know, they got owls and eagles and and prey birds and then they've got some deer and some other animals there that they take in they get injured and they rehab them and this is their life now like an eagle it can't fly you know so there's at some point we got to stop i i feel i it's 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 just in between right so you get stuck with i want to take my kids to mckenzie center because they get to go down and see these these it's these predators, these these birds that are amazing birds that you can't see up close like that. But the problem is they're in a, a fucking box the size of this room that we're in right now. And yes, they can't fly. But if they can't fly, nature dictates what their life is going to be, not us. We're choosing what this animal's life is going to be. We're going to save this animal. If it's the last one of its species and we're going to try to make sure we can make up for us fucking up their environment is one thing, but it's like, there's a point of like, okay, so what would happen to this bird if it broke its wing in the wild and it, and it's injured, what's going to happen to it? That's that playing God thing. Yeah, it is. It's like, we're, we're, but you can also, I mean, this can go so much deeper. Why did it break its wing? Did it hit a power line? Well, right. We put the fucking power line there. Mm -hmm. Like for me with the whole thing with zoos, I would be interested to see or hear why the first zoo was started so bill if you could get on that oh, yeah, uh, but i no, still need the password you guys was was the was a zoo initially started as a rehab like these things got injured we we're going to care mm, for I them and in order so. to pay for it care we're going to let you see them or was it hey look what we have this thing that you won't see unless you went to africa mm. so come see it i, I put a million dollars on that and so would Heartbeat. i yeah. and so i have a different feeling towards zoos that take the rehab route like i'm okay i understand it yeah i get it yeah and and i get that people are going to want to see those animals because you have to pay for that rehab yep i, I take a different view on zoos with that stance versus we we procured this animal for your viewing pleasure. Right. I'll pay us right. X dollars to view it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. that's, you know, there's a lot of heat in our little town of Baraboo because we've got yeah. Circus World Museum. Yeah. yeah. And it's based on all of the different traveling circuses. And they did that shit. Yeah. They went to other countries. They took animals from those countries that were perfectly fucking happy without us, put them on a boat, right. brought them over here, put them in a box so they could travel around on a train and they could get people to pay to mm-hmm. see this animal. Yeah. Now, I've got really good friends of mine that grew up with the zoo and they grew up with these animals and they loved the animals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they regardless of the zoo or the circus, I'm not implying I don't I don't I think they're wrong based on the love or care they get. I think on a general stance, now again, I'm sure there's exceptions, these animals are loved people create bonds with them they yes. are cared for right there's no issues on that level with me it's right. just the general concept 
Right. So, but that's where that's where the the push and shove comes from when it comes to places like this is that the people that are running them genuinely love these animals like we love our dogs and yep. mm-hmm, some people mm-hmm. love cats. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Whatever. So, <laughs> oh, so, but, but that, but the, we're humans, and so, if if say PETA, for example, when they want to go after the Circus World Museum, they don't go after, they don't go after the structures, they go after the people, they go after the people running it, you know, they go after the the people going to pay to see to go to the zoo to see the animals, and so and so they're. The people that are being attacked by, I say attacked, I don't know what fucking word to use other than that, by PETA, um, they feel like, well, fuck you. You don't know what I feel about this animal. How can you judge me and how can you say I'm doing something wrong because I love this animal. Every single day, the people who train the the, the, t- tiger, the tiger lion guy, yeah. you know, that guy loves those animals. Right. Every one of them's got a name. Yeah. They're his pets. They see him every single day. And it's, it's playing God, like you said, Bill, mm-hmm. to, a, to a degree like, you know, but at the, do we know for a fact that there was nobody in all of time that had a fucking pet tiger? Well, I, I know some of the tigers <laughs> with the tiger guy. I mean, just to the talk tiger about king. The, the ti- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of those were um, rehabilitated or, you know, there, yeah. there was an issue and, and I've seen his show or, you know, shows like that. Mm-hmm. And you can't help but watch and be interested And in you. And you, you, there's a side, but he'll speak to it. Because yeah. he knows that you know that's that's a thing out it's there a hot today. Yeah, topic. he'll yeah. let people know, and you really do you know appreciate. I I still don't totally agree with it. Yeah, I'm torn. I think like a lot of people are, but um, yeah. I mean, an organization like Peter or something tends to go after the bigger, and maybe that's the bigger view of just like don't mess with it, don't mess, don't play yeah. God, don't mess with nature. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. No, do you think, think we're too far down the road to, to turn that fucking ship around? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. You know, that. I mean, that's yeah. like what they say. It's like it's like turning turning around an aircraft carrier. Is it? You know, it's like it's it would take how many years to total? And and I think it's changed. Like you look at what's happened at SeaWorld. Like they're not allowed to keep orcas in captivity anymore so they've they've started to change those those mm. things that like there and see i don't know the whole story around sea world but i know there was some fucked up shit happening at sea world with the orcas and how they're treated and you've got this massive however many ton animal in a fucking swimming pool mm. like that's on a whole nother level you yeah. know and they're and they're fucking smart mm-hmm they're intelligent and, mm-hmm. and not to say tigers aren't intelligent, but, but what they say, dolphins have, have like 10 times the cerebral cortex of a human. Mm-hmm. So they're fucking smart animals. And so to take an animal like that, I guess we get to decide whether their intelligence is worthy of them being captured. Because we have opposing th- we up. have digits, we have thumbs, we can do all these yeah. things. It's yeah. such it's, a, yeah. It's, crazy. it's, it's, it's a weird thing. So how do you, is it even possible to turn that completely around in our society the way it is? You can't just fucking shut everything down because then the other argument is what happens to the animals? Yep, they're accustomed to this now. If you if you let them go, they'll die. Yeah. So maybe. and and maybe Pete is going to say, "Well, then that's nature." And they're going to and it's, you know, they're going to do right. their thing. But so you're going to take every, you know, every animal there's too many there's too many that are have been born in captivity to begin with and have been Well, I don't think it's this. impossible. It, and, but I think that it's more than just that. It's it's out there. It's it's not just our country. It's the rest of the world. Yeah. It's other countries. I mean, it's a huge thing. It's like Greenpeace going after, you know, fishing boats in Japan or what right. international. Yeah. It's like that's their culture, and they have a thing, to, you know, that's going on that they're coming from, and to impose this, it's like a world. Maybe it's Star Trek where it'll just be the world order. 
come from earth you know i mean that's and and that's uh, if if that were the course of things that's a long ways away oh man oh you know so i think that whole this whole thing is a long ways and i don't i don't know and i'm not in the the zoo world i don't even know if that's a process anyone cares about right now there's so much shit going on like how many people are passionate about zoos right now i think there's a shitload of people passionate about zoos maybe they're a little distracted right now but i i think yeah I think that there are. I absolutely think there are. There are people that eat, sleep, and breathe that environment. Sure. You know, sure. it's like, the, yeah, I think so. Um, question. Did, so, <laughs> my grandmother, when I was a little kid, she had she had a fucking she had a pet monkey mm. that lived in her fucking what house. kind of what kind of monkey? I Do think you know? it, I, I, it wasn't a chimp. I don't think it was because the chimp chimpanzees get bigger. Yeah. Right? This is a smaller monkey, but it looked like a chimpanzee. It has Maybe, an M name, doesn't it? Like a, a marsupial? Yeah, is that what no, it is? Uh, yeah, it could be. It looked kind of like a chimpanzee, but it was it was little. you know. And maybe it was just really young. But I lived in a town of 12 fucking hundred people in, in this little town in Idaho. And she had a fucking a pet monkey. monkey in, oh, my kid wants a monkey. Oh, it would, it would jump all over the fucking house. So it, this... <laughs> It would throw shit, literal shit, all the time, whenever it could. But one of its favorite things it would do is it would jump on the lamps and it would shit on the light bulbs. Oh my god! <laughs> it would because they're warm. Yeah, it would like sit there on the lamp and hover over the lampshade and shit on the light bulbs. You would too if you could. I don't know about no, that. No, I don't know. I'm no, kidding. I, I don't know about that. That's interesting. But it's like how was many... there one particular lamp that was like the toilet lamp? I don't. I that's so. My memory, this is just my memory. Fuck, this could have been 10 years before I was born, but I believe I saw it with my eyes. Okay. And and so I can't tell you if it was this one lamp, but I know it was like they, she had this fucking monkey and it jumped all around her house. And I don't even remember how long she had it, but I just remember it would shit on the lamp. It was shit on the light bulbs. Wow. You know, so you'd have this like hot steam and shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it would smell. It would yeah. smell. It was like, oh my God. So I wonder how many people grew up with an exotic animal in their house. So in Wisconsin, it used to be mountain lions, right? Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. What, but that they were or that people had them as pets? People had them as pets. Oh. I, I mean, had, I my know dad, are. My dad and my grandpa have an amazing story, so I'm going to tell you the story, but it's total secondhand. Okay. So people used to have mountain lions as pets, but it was kind of like a the milk thing, right? It was hush-hush. Mm. How long have, ago was this? Uh, my dad was married to my mom, so I don't know. 40 years ago, 30 years ago. No shit. Okay. And so he and my grandpa, my grandpa was a big hunter. Uh, so his father-in-law, this would be, they were out checking traps or something like that. And as they were checking traps, they started getting stalked by a mountain lion. And this thing followed them back to their car. And so my dad is like shitting his pants. And my grandpa's like, just stay calm. Let's just get in the car and we'll go. And it got super close to him. And so my dad opened the car door to get in, and the mountain lion jumped in the car. No fucking way. Yes. And so, and it went in the back seat. I would not get in that fucking car. And so my grandpa knew at this time kind of what was going on, but he didn't tell my dad, I guess. And so this thing jumped in the back seat and put like its paws on like the center console of the car. And so they got in, and my grandpa goes, okay, let's just go. And so this mountain lion is breathing over my dad's neck as they're driving. And no my, fucking yep. way. And so my grandpa at uh-uh. the time knew, okay, this guy lives like a mile up the road and he has pet mountain lions. Oh. oh. So this mountain lion is just like sitting there breathing I on my dad. I would be shitting my pants. My dad claims he was. And they get to this guy's house and he opens the door and this thing jumps out and the guy walks out on his porch and goes, you know, 
Tanya, there you are. I've been looking for you. Oh, my God. Wow. Your dad must fucking, he had to have a lot of trust in your grandfather. Yeah. Because if I'm. That's one of my favorite stories oh my those God. two have together. That's funny. If my dad says, go ahead, get in the car with this fucking mountain lion. Yeah. I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good, dad. And he's just like, no, nah, it's fine. No, fucking yeah. A. Do you guys see the, the video of the mountain lion chasing that guy down the, down the mountain? Yeah. yeah. No. And he's yeah. like. Yeah. When, well, like when it would turn his eyes away from him. Yeah. Yeah, it was like he 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 went up there and he, he came across this mountain lion and it's and some and some cubs. Are they, is they are they cubs for mountain lions? I think that so. Yeah. Right Kits, yeah. mountain, whatever they are. So he's walking and he sees it like okay, okay. So he's walking backwards and he's got his phone on and he's filming it and he's walking backwards. He's like, hey, it's okay, it's okay, don't worry. No, no, it's just, the mom just, just came. Yeah, the just mom like, and she's just like walking. Right, right towards him. He's like, "It's okay. It's okay." If you haven't seen this video and you're listening to this fucking podcast, look this shit up because this guy, I think he did shit his pants. I think he said it on an interview. Like he actually, right. at least he pissed himself. It's coming at him, and and he's like, he's like, "Leave me alone. Go to your baby's mama. It's fine." And and he just kept talking to it, and he must have walked. Shit, it was like a five minute video or longer. Yeah, and that wasn't even the whole thing. He walked. He he walked. He, he said he walked quite a ways. Long fucking ways. And this cat. And so what he'd do is that he'd start to turn a little bit, and this cat would like, um, like almost like hop at him with his front feet, mm. up like claws coming at him, and, and he'd be like, he'd like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, leave me alone, leave me alone, and he starts screaming at it, and then eventually, I think at the end of the video, he picks up a rock. And he throws it at the at the thing, and I don't think he's trying to hurt it. He's just trying to because he's yeah. he's not like he's not thinking this thing should die. He understands why it's doing what it's doing. So he's like in that way, he's pretty cool about it. Right. But at the end of the video, oh my god! I just if you haven't seen this video, That's man, crazy. holy it's cool. shit, it's yeah. so cool. It's yeah. scary. Like I, I can, don't think that whole thing. So it's when he makes eye contact with it that it slows down. Mm-hmm. But isn't there isn't there lore or? I don't know, an animal rule. Like, some animals don't look them in the eye. Like that I means, heard that with dogs. That's like a fight thing. Don't look at the dog. Don't yeah, look them in the eye. Yeah, I heard that with a you dog. Know, look you away, don't... cower down, or something. Mm. Yeah. Whereas this thing is like, you know, make eye contact, and then it's going to mm. be cautious. Yeah, I heard that when I was a kid. Away. Don't look it in the eye. I heard that when I was a kid. But I think maybe that's just because animals can can tell when you're afraid if, if they look in your eyes. I think that maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe. So I, when I was a little kid, I was – my sister – she wasn't afraid of fucking anything, right? And and I was always afraid of, of big dogs when I was a kid. I don't know why, but I always was. And so my, my sister and I, we were, um, we were visiting my grandmother in Missoula, Montana. And uh, we we're just taking a walk down the street and um, just playing whatever. And and all of a sudden, she's I hear my sister. She's like, she's like oh, you got to come see this really pretty dog. Come here. And so I turn around, and she's standing next to a fucking it's a Rottweiler. And it's like, it's almost as tall as she is. And she's patting it and loving on it and, and, and all this stuff. And she's like, oh, it's such a nice puppy and all these things. And I looked at it and instantly I was petrified. I was fucking scared. And I'm like, Jess, you need to get away from that dog. Mm. You know, and she's like, it's fine. It's a nice dog. Just like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no. And I instantly, like in my mind, like we, we get, when we grow up, we see movies, we'd look at dogs in a way like Rottweilers are like guard dogs and they're mean and they're vicious. Same with pit bulls and Dobermans. Like that's, that's what I was shown in movies and stuff growing up. And so I assumed every fucking Rottweiler is a mean ass dog. And so she just was oblivious. And so I looked, I looked at the dog and the dog fucking looked me in the eyes and it saw 
how scared I was. Mm. Bam, fucking started chasing me. Chased me all the way around this yard inside of like a six-foot privacy fence. I was running in circles. My little chubby ass was moving, I'm telling you. And finally, I got stuck in a corner. And this dog was like walking towards me, snarling and fucking drooling and like, rah. And I was just, I thought, this is it. This is the way I fucking go. Jesus. You know, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. And then the owner of the dog comes out and grabs the dog. And I, I, to this day, I think it's because it knew I was afraid because it never even thought twice. My sister, she could have fucking got on this dog's back and rode it around the yard. Mm. But with me, it was, it was all about, it knew I was afraid. I think it's more than just looking in your eyes. I mean, I think they can sense it. Like there's yeah body sure. posture yeah, or, or if there's a sense thing or yeah, some there's, they know when something's afraid. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, cause my dog, you know, is the shadow for my wife and will be in our bedroom and I might go to bed after and it's dark in there and she just, you know, wants it all dark and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a little fan thing going, there's white noise. The dog for me, will just, I, I, it can't see me. I walk in, it doesn't do anything. Anybody else comes near the front of our house. It growls, it barks, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it senses that right away. I mean, it's a great alarm in that sense. I wouldn't yeah. say guard dog and maybe he yeah, will he is, be. Yeah. But, but so, you know, it might be somebody walking a dog. It's like they know there's other stuff going on that they have, they were in touch with that maybe we aren't. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a, the, they've got the sense, like the, yeah, they, they, they have a, Six senses, it's, maybe. It, or it's heightened senses. I mean, yeah. Yeah. oh, maybe they're intuitive. Yeah. We just don't fucking know it. Oh, you gotta take a piss. Yeah, let's you take, a, let's take a leak. Yeah, I, okay. You can just say it. Yeah. Can we'll I just, go pee, all right, everybody, we're gonna take a leak. We'll be back. <laughs> all right. So we're back. <laughs> back. We're gonna do some potty talk today. Um, so it's funny. So we're just taking a piss, and there's all these unwritten fucking rules for for dudes when they're taking a piss, and and it's it's so funny because it the. I, I, when I grew up, I knew these rules. It's like, it's like they're, they're in your genes or some shit, you know? But so we're talking about this, the handles, right? So nowadays. So going the, let's explain that's a door handle going out of the, leaving the restroom. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, COVID days and more heightened awareness of, of, uh, germs on surfaces and that. So, so, um, before COVID, there were always plenty of people. I would see them pull their sleeve over their fingers and then pull a door open and not touch the handle. And I always thought that was the weirdest fucking thing in the world. It's like, why? Like, there's so many dirty things we touch all day long, every day. So, like, I understand a lot of people touch this handle. And, you know, people don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. All these, I, I get, but I was never a guy right. that wouldn't grab the handle. I just, like, I'm going to grab the handle. I might even fucking lick my fingers after. <laughs> but so, my. Now in the men's restroom, there's a there's a handle. It's an actual regular handle, but it's got a little a little extra hook on the top. Did you not know? You didn't see that. I just grabbed it. Yeah, you didn't look at it. No. Okay, so there's it's a handle handle. Like it looks like a regular handle, but on the top of the handle, there's an extra little piece of metal. Oh, that like curves. Yeah, the curves up. I a did little see bit. that. Okay. okay, yeah. So that's for you. Don't have to touch the handle. You just kind of put your put wrist your wrist around. Oh, okay. It, like you did. You kind of, you put it's your like sleeve. an ergonomic thing or well, something. Kind it's, of. Yeah. But it's okay. So a, what the fuck is the point of having the other, other part of the handle? If you're going to have a little wristy handle on there anyway, but I, I would have never it's just a little knob. It's not that big. I, right. Exactly. Big. But it's just enough. So you don't have to touch the handle. So 
I, I would have never... But then everybody touches that. I just don't want to touch any of it. Yeah, These but your, your sleeve but your hypothetically sleeve, could cover that part. And and you didn't touch it with your fingers. You put your wrist in there a little bit. Right. You know? So other you can't put your wrist through the handle of a regular bathroom oh, door. okay. Because you know? that's why... Yeah, okay. So but it's so it's a new it's a new contraption that we've invented that's supposedly more sanitary, and we don't have to put our fingers anywhere. That door handle is a new contraption? Yeah. I've never seen one until... I've never seen one until now, too. Yeah, that's the first one of those I've ever seen in my life. Okay. So I I caught myself using it, and it's just like, I, I don't know. It's just because it's there. You know, it's like, okay, so it makes sense. I get it. Again, put your wrist in there. But in at the end of the day, my personal belief is I don't get sick hardly often at all. Like, rarely do I get sick. Okay? The reason I don't get sick is because I fucking play in the dirt you know, I like touch surfaces. I do all these different things. So I'm, I'm introducing new bacteria to my body all of that. the time. I get that. So I have a strong immune system because my immune system is getting exposed all the time. So I just, it's just funny to me that they've got, that now all of a sudden I use this fucking handle. It's like subliminal, you know, it's like, so, so, so we're in there uh, taking a piss and we, Kyle and I leave, and, and he sees me grab this fucking handle because it's been a joke of ours ever since we started this. Yeah. And, and we're like, oh, dude, we got to see if Bill's going to use the fucking handle. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back into the bathroom, and we start telling stories and shit, waiting for Bill to come out to see if Bill used the handle. And he did. So it, it, we had a good laugh about it. What's funny to me is that while we're in there talking about this, there's all these rules about taking a piss like in, in, a, in a, so there's so many different ways guys take a piss between men, between men. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so you, like if there's three stalls and there's a dude on either end, a lot of times you just fucking wait. You don't take that center stall. Right. Like Kyle said, if there's a divider there, it makes it a, a little bit easier, you know, because, but the stalls in this bathroom, urinal. <laughs> it's urinal, a urinal. Yeah. 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 Not a stall. Yes. Yeah, thank urinals. you. Yeah. Thank you. So, so the urinals, this is an old building. The urinals are maximizing space. So there's four of them. And they're pretty close together. So it's kind of like, if I stand next to you, man, our fucking feet are going to touch. It's like, oh, no, not our feet. We yeah. can't, because because you can't touch feet when you got your dick in your hand. <laughs> it's, it's just the funniest thing. It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. Uh, are you looking at me? It's like, it's just an insecurity, right? Like, it's not. It's a courtesy. Like, why, How is it a courtesy? Well, A, I don't want to stand right next to you. Well, because it might embarrass that other what, person. Right, but but like, if someone's there already, like, I don't want to be the guy who Why? just is comfortable and stands. What does it matter? You're taking a piss. I don't know. You're, you're not there to make friends. You're not like no, asking him how it's his just, day is. I, I, again, if there was a divider there, it'd be different. I know. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. It's this kind of thing. So, but there's places. So I've I've been to concerts, and then there's a there was a bar where I grew up, where it was just a long fucking trough. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. stand up to yeah. the trough, sure. yeah. and you take a piss, and yeah. it's and it's just all connected, yeah. you know. So there's no dividers, there's no so there's no urinals, there's none of that shit. But there's like, so I've <laughs> I've seen dudes basically fucking lay inside of a urinal, so so somebody might not look at their package mm. while they're taking a leak. They're like lean all the way oh, in. So like, right. how disgusting is that? Yeah, right. It's like, Jesus, people piss all over those things. Right. So <laughs> it's like, there's a, and so Kyle was telling this story about this gentleman he saw one time leaning way back, <laughs> half against the wall. And he's just like kind of, kind of lounging at the urinal. And it's just like, it, it's, it's just, everybody's got their way and they've got their little things they do when they go to the urinal. It's like, 
Okay, but I don't he know. Was, he was elderly, and I'm he was having issues, and I'm sure he was just trying to get comfortable and relax. I know, but you're. <laughs> it was fucked yeah, up. No, no, but it's. I, I get it. It's his way, and it's like if he's got experience, you know, when dudes get older, shit flows a little slower. You know, maybe he's got to like he's gonna be there. He might be there for ten fucking minutes. Yeah, I don't you know. know, it's like if he's there for ten minutes, maybe he's got to get in that position because maybe his back starts to hurt <laughs> for too long. You know, well, when I was a kid, I said my back hurt, but that was for a different reason. I definitely think it's one of these Lifting things. Too that heavy build. a weight, man. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was a joke. It yeah. Was yeah. A yeah. Joke. Congratulations. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's one of these things that the more we think about it, the worse it becomes. You know, I've the pissing. In a urinal, when there's another, when you've got neighbors on either side, plenty of times where I don't give a crap. I'm just going to go, right. I got a piece so bad, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And I'll just go in. And the trough thing, been there plenty of times. Yeah. On the other hand, but no, I've never been the one. The last to, one? No, or the one to go in a stall because, I mean, I totally get that. But I've never done that. I've been like, oh, who gives a shit? Because I think if you just don't give a shit and just don't think about it, then it's okay. But sometimes, I mean, I know I know somebody, I had a friend who could not do urinals, mm. would not do. Plenty of public places where he and I were the only ones in the bathroom, lots of room. He would still go in a stall to pee. At first I thought, does he have to crap all the time? Right, yeah. No, he's peeing. You know, maybe, I, maybe I like, he looked at his feet. Down. I'm like, he's just, he's peeing. Maybe he pees sitting down. He did. Yeah, oh. He was standing up. He stand up. But uh, my a, point, my point was that that's where he was comfortable, and whatever well, we're talking well, I, about, I, whatever. I, I, this I, is I, funny. I, I think some people. <laughs> no, I, it's true though. I think some people get anxiety. I yeah. think there's a level of like anxiety. So, I, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. With my story. It's like we used to when we were kids in PE class. We have to shower next year. There's all this like weird fucking you know anxiety around like seeing an, seeing another penis. It's Again, like, it's the more you think about it, the worse yeah. it right, becomes. Right. Exactly. The anxiety. Yeah. 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 You're gonna say. Oh, I was gonna tell you. Uh, showering after shower story. Oh, fucking A, lay it on us. So I played hockey in high school, right? Yeah. And so I forgot where we were, but we were up north somewhere. And uh, after the game, we have like a two and a half hour bus ride. So we're showering. Shower, you know, in a hockey locker room, everyone's just kind of right next to each other. There's right. not like little right. lockers. Yeah. It's just a bench, essentially. And I'm standing there, stand up, butt-ass naked. My buddy standing next to me goes, uh, now's a really bad time, but can you grab my shoes underneath? The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was he fucking with you? No, his shoes oh, were legitimately he was like, okay. you yeah. want me to at least get uh, some boxers on? You want me to do this bad boy right now? <laughs> yeah. What they, it, so, I, like, talking locker room talk, like, you know, it's like you're snapping towels and shit, so people would fuck with each other that right, way, too. Right, You know, yeah. they, there's always that thing that guys will fuck around with each other. But it takes a certain level of, of confidence and, and understanding around, the, you're around dudes that, if you're on a hockey team, and you're showering every single day after practice with the same dudes, you get some comfortability where you yeah, can yeah. the I think the the anxiety level goes down and the like the fear of like judgment or whatever kind of goes away a little bit and you can kind of just be like be yourself a little more. There's always that dude though. Well, how about and then I mean I you know played team sports and all that stuff. And it's just again it was never in my wheelhouse to think about it for what you know any reason. I didn't give a crap. So when people were conscious, I was like, what What are you talking about? But that how about those showers where it's like 
Oh, there's this one where there's like this pole in the middle and there's mm. like four spouts coming out. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then there's yep. ones right, and it's spraying up against the wall. It's that close. Yep. But there's spouts coming out of the wall, too. So if everybody's in there, you got like 40 guys in like a, yep. you know, a, yep. a five by five room, all showering that's, on their own shower. That's, that's always that's weird. Been, it's a little strange to me. That's, that's a little strange, but then I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Well, so it's it's like it's making use of space, right? They're right, just trying yeah. to maximize yep. right. however much space is. But yeah, the, the center one, like, so I've seen those at like public swimming pools. You know, you're supposed to go to a swimming pool. I've seen them at the gym. Yeah, like, like when you when you go to the pool, you get the chlorine, you got to take oh, a yeah, shower in pool, you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you're at the public swimming pool, it, it, then you don't have that same comfortability, right? So you walk in there and you see one of those pole showers with the four spouts. So basically, you're facing each other. Everybody's facing each other at the shower, and it's just like... You just, I don't know, you look at the fucking ceiling while you're washing your hair and you're like, I swear to God, I hope I clean everything off. Because it's like, you don't want to be the guy that someone thinks is like checking them out. Right. You know, it's like, so there's just, it's just, it's a weird thing, well, you know? So going back to the bathroom thing. Okay. If there's, if I'm, the last, talk, if I'm the last guy coming in and there's three urinals, let's say, and there's guys on either end. So the middle urinal is open, but no one else is in there, right. and the stalls are open, I will do the courtesy of utilizing the stall. Wait, no, wait, That's wait. a courtesy. Okay, wait, no, okay. It's a courtesy I'm not going to be that oh, guy. Wait, wait, it's a courtesy to who, though? Because To so, you. Oh, wait. So you're <laughs> doing it for me? What if, wait a minute. What wait, if wait, the two wait, dudes on either side, you know they don't give a shit? What yeah. if you knew them and you knew they didn't give a shit? Would you still... That's Choose right. That's right. You know, it's not a courtesy. You're on the fucking stall. You Maybe. liar. It's more about it's you too. <laughs> yeah, it is. Me. Yeah. yeah, I mean wait, that's wait, all. Wait, what, and whatever, and yeah, that's yeah. it. There you go. It's you. It's all for you. <laughs> okay, here's another I'm, question. Just so you know, I'm doing this for you guys. He's in there right. taking a leak. Hope you guys are comfortable <laughs> out there. <laughs> okay, here's a question. Uh, you go to someone's house, right? It's a party or something like that. Yeah. And you got to take a leak, and they just. You know, small bathroom, little, you know, two-piece bathroom, but it's a toilet. And it's, you know, everyone can hear you. Right. Are you going to purposely piss right in the middle of that toilet? Or do you angle it to go off the side I so it's not so loud? I have definitely angled yep. it. Oh, I've yeah. angled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For it's, sure. Isn't that weird? It is. It's so it strange. Is. It's like, it's like everybody pisses. You know, so it's like, what do what do women? How do? about the people that run? Angle, the, 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 no, they, they're sitting. They sit right. I know. So like, but there's a lot of them run the faucet. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I always well, thought that was like to help I mean, people. people uh, piss. It's like not a, a man-woman thing. I, I mean, just people in general run the faucet. So, so people can't. It just drowns the sound. What is that? Why do we? Why do we? Why are we afraid of I people here? Like you take say, a everybody pees. Everybody takes a leak. Yeah. yeah. But I'll, to I'll I'll totally angle. Yeah, me too. Like if it's at a party and there's music and shit, and if, usually if, if I'm a little you know drunk or whatever, it's like I don't give a shit. I'll, right. I'll pee on the tree in the front yard. But if it's like if you're at a party and it's quiet and there's people in line. Oh, I don't want to let them hear me pee right, because God yeah. knows then they'll know what I'm doing in there, not taking a piss. <laughs> oh, and, and instead of instead of angling it, I've even sat so that it's easier to angle because of that part. Yeah, of yeah. Thing. Okay, so here's a here's a fucked up thing. <laughs> so it's wait, probably wait, wait, wait. This is the Ike's gonna say something fucked up moment. <laughs> so, oh my God, um, I've never seen I've, you this red. I've, <laughs> I've been on the phone in a conversation with somebody and I don't want to hang up, but I got to take a piss. Yeah. I got to take a piss bad. Sure. And it's like, okay, so here's the thing. I can take a piss on the phone, but I don't want them to know I'm pissing on the phone, right? But when you go into a bathroom, first off, it's a little echoey, mm -hmm. you know? So, so it's like, I know what it sounds like when someone's in the bathroom, but I'm going to play that part back. I'm going to be like, nah, they won't hear the echo. So I'm like, yeah, man, I'm on the phone. I'll sit down to take a leak. 
so so they can't hear it because I'm like I'm smarter than they are. I'm, I know what's going on. So I have sat down on the toilet to take a leak when I'm on the phone because I didn't want to hang up the phone. I don't want to be like, hey man, I'm gonna take a piss. So I'll call then, you back do in two you, minutes. Do you mute it when you flush? Do you flush? Do you run out of the bathroom? Or do you I wait flush? to flush? Okay. Do you come back? Okay, right. so <laughs> he's still. Oh red. my god! Oh my god! So <laughs> if it's a deuce, <laughs> I have to flush. Right. But if it's a if it's a yellow, it's it's let, let if it's yellow, let it mellow. I don't flush if it, I don't flush that. You'll come back after the conversation, maybe, maybe if you remember. Maybe. Yeah. Well, but if or it's, mellow, let it yellow. If it's yellow, let it mellow. Yeah. If it's yellow, let it mellow. Like yeah. I don't care mm-hmm. about that so much. But yeah, if it's. If it's a deuce, then yeah. Because I have definitely you, muted when I flush. See, I don't even think about muting. <laughs> I've I muted. Just, I've muted while taking the piss. Like, just yeah. wait for the person to start right. talking. You're like, oh, I got 20 <laughs> seconds. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I've had situations where, like, are you still there? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. And then you mute it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Uh, well, if you're, if you're like going to grunt it out, then you got to, yeah. But like, so I'll, but if I got a flush, like, I'll be like, okay, so how far away is the door? I got pretty long arms. <laughs> if I can <laughs> hold the phone out the door and I'll hit the flush and I'll run, I'll get out the. What's the why no, did I just mute at that point? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't even know you could mute it. I didn't even think about it. I never. Because you're always talking. This is, this is the first fucking time I've ever thought about muting oh, it. dude. Jesus. It's oh, a new I, world. God, yeah, you guys you, just brought me to man. the next level. Shit I thought right that there. was mutt. What is mute? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't even know. It's the same. Way. So uh, when I work from home or something like that, I usually put my computer on my kitchen table and our bathroom is just on the hall, but it's maybe, you know, 20 feet away. And so if we're in a conference or something like, OK, we're going to take a break. <laughs> it's like I go and I, you know, run to the bathroom to take a leak. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, did I mute uh-huh. my Zoom <laughs> call? <laughs> Are they listening to me? <laughs> So I, I I heard a story on a podcast um, a couple of days ago. This guy was on a on a Zoom call, and um, he's a writer. And so they're in a Zoom writers room, right? And they're all sitting around. They're talking about ideas and all this shit. And he's sick, like really sick. But he wants to like he doesn't want to miss the conversation because it's like they're all kind of working on this thing. So he's got a shit, right? So <laughs> he goes in, and it's like bad. It's like this gouache, ooh, you know. He's telling the story. He's making all these, you know, the sounds you like when you got like explosive diarrhea or whatever. It's a horrible. It's an experience. Yeah. But he doesn't want to hang up the phone or leave it in the other room. And he doesn't want to tell him, I'm really sick. I got a shit. So he takes it with him and he sets it on the on the bathroom sink. No. And he can hear them. And he thinks it's on mute. Mm-hmm. Oh. He thinks it's on mute. How could you not know it's on mute? Uh, no. I don't know. I don't know. I think Especially, the story's probably happened way more than yeah. I think yeah, this. Probably. You know, I think people but do fucked up things on Zoom calls without knowing they're on yeah, Zoom calls. Yeah, I think right. he he went through he he went through a harrowing experience, and everybody was listening. And so then he's like, "All right, guys, hey, you know," and he starts interjecting, and everybody's fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, silent. they're like, and they're like, "Did you wipe?" <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's just like they. Oh man, I can't. Oh. Did you guys see the one where the dude says he's a cat? You seen that one? That was an accident, though. That was, yeah, the lawyer, right? Yeah, the lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> lawyers on like a trial Zoom call, right? And he starts up his Zoom, and they must do like a overlay thing. And so you know, like when you FaceTime or something, you can change your face to be like whatever. Oh, so yeah. he was a cat. Okay. Like, like his, a, da- his daughter had used his computer, and so his okay. face is like a cartoon cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But its mouth is it moving. Wasn't even, it wasn't right. even a cartoon cat. It was like a cat. cat. And he was didn't it, know how yeah. to turn it off, or he no, and he couldn't figure out how to turn it off. And so there's a line in there where, where the judge or whoever's like, "Um, are you there?" And he goes, 
yeah, I'm here. I'm live. I'm not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It's so funny. There's a there's a long version of that. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, he's and and so you can tell he's like kind of frantic. He's trying to yeah, figure it his, out. the facial expressions of the cat. The cat was the cat <laughs> oh, was matching his face. His, his eyes are like shifting back right. and forth, trying <laughs> to. You can tell up? he's trying to figure it out. It is so good. That's awesome. Yeah, hey, you yeah. heard it. Like Bill has to look it up. Yeah. Well, Bill, I have yeah. a computer well, for you. No, hold on, you guys. I'll be right back. Do your job. It's Just, funny. It you're is right funny. here. Put it up on the screen. Oh, I'm appreciating that. I can be one of the real guys right now, and yeah. not have to so, be back yep. there in the corner. Did you see the opening statement for when they did the? Uh, oh, the guy who organized the Reddit thing with GameStop. I'm not he, a cat. I'm not a cat. He that threw it in the there. Fucking best. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because his his screen name is um, Roaring Kitty. Okay. His screen name is Roaring Kitty. And so it was his line, his opening line. You, you, did you see it? You know what he looks like? No, this is not. Is this a Robin Hood guy? Yeah, the Robin. Oh, he, I, he, I know no, what he no, looks he's like. The, he's the um the Reddit game, guy. The Reddit guy oh. who organized the GameStop thing. The guy that I told you was a marathon <laughs> or a, a long distance runner. I don't know. I mean, I've seen pictures of you know different people talking okay. about it, so I might have seen he, him. He looks anyway. kind of like a, a long haired McEnroe. Yeah, a he little bit. He did not look like I thought he would look. No, he's like a skinny oh, guy, okay. long anyway. hair, and and he's just um. Yeah, he's just in his screen name is Roaring Kitty. So in front of all of Congress, it's it's GameStop, it's it's Reddit, it's um it's uh, uh Robin Hood, and there's a couple other people. They want to know what happened, and his opening line was like, "I'm here, and I'm not a cat." <laughs> it is so, and good. he's dead face serious about he's it too. He's got his hand on the pulse. Yeah, well, you know that Reddit shit. I tell you what, man. I every day I read about something some kind of new trend or whatever. And it's like, I feel so out of touch with like how, how often like things change and, and what's new. It's, it's like, um, Oh, my son. So I'm, he, uh, my oldest son, Connor, um, he, uh, listened to episode five of our podcast. Thank you, Kyle. Um, he listens to episode five of the podcast and he, and he texts me. He's like, Oh, it's really good. It's so funny. It's like you gotta like I, I'm. I told him I, we were bringing you in. He's like, oh, it's gonna be so awesome because oh, you guys no. talk about him so much. So he's pretty pumped about this. Oh, and um, sorry, guys. No, fuck <laughs> it. This good. is awesome, man. This is great. So um, he he's like, yeah, it's really good. You know, this and that. And and I asked him, say, what are you up to this weekend? He's like, oh, we're gonna probably have a little darty action, D A R T Y action. And I'm like, the fuck is that? The fuck is darty action? I'm like, I, that's what I thought first. I'm like, okay. So for those of you that aren't on our video YouTube channel, Bill's th making dart gestures, <laughs> throwing darts in a bar. Because they have darts in the basement. <laughs> oh, the, you. Well, yeah, but. But he's not there. Okay, I get it. He's in whatever. Stephen's point. I Bill. Still yeah. All right. <laughs> What's your name again? Yeah, my name is Jeff. Okay. So anyway, um, he uh, he's like, we're going to do some darty action. I'm like, darty action? So I text him, darty action, question mark. He's like, oh, it's like, it's day drinking. So he's like, now that the weather's nice. We're gonna do a little bit of outdoor darty action, and I'm thinking like, what? And so they so they have like these drinking games, and some, one of them has to do with darts, but I but that's not even it. It's it's a it's it's a drinking it's a day drinking party. Darty oh darty day drinking mm. party. It's a darty. Oh yeah. So, okay. Duh. So hey, we'll we'll catch up. I well that's the whole thing. It's like, and so this has been my favorite thing in the world, is being a dad. Is when my kids say something that's trendy, I will fucking use that right, every right. chance I oh, get. Oh, that's so lit. Oh, yeah. When it's lit. Oh, that when, is, thing, dude, when lit came out. Oh, it was. We would lit all the time on the phone. Yeah, it was so this fucking is lit. Awesome. Dude, every, my pee right now is lit. Yeah, it was. It's, yeah. 
I never. Do you use never, it no. jokingly or do you use it like we would abuse because we both have kids and we'd learn terms and we used to be on the phone and you know lip was one that came to mind but there might like be between other ones. you and I, yeah, okay. you know, we would just I, talk and and I might say lit. I mean, yeah, gotcha. maybe it's more common, but I'd use one and he was like, "What?" I'm like, "Dude, it's whatever." And then we'd learn, yeah, my son told, and then we would just have a conversation for five <laughs> minutes using that word, yeah, uh, abusing it. it, darty man, yeah. So let's well, go out and darty. Well, it, it's no, it's darty. on a cue and it, darty, darty action. Well, have a little darty action and, right. and a cue. Yeah, what are you doing this weekend? So we have a little darty action. Yeah, yeah. So lit and fire and fire was a good one, but I would say to my kids. So when my kids would have friends over, I'd be like, "Oh, this shit is fire," and they would look at me right. <laughs> totally. and they would be like, "What did he?" Just it's say? the record screech that <laughs> yeah, it, it is, and it, and I knew it. Because it, it just it grates on their ears to hear somebody who's old say yeah. their words. Yeah, they're it, like, yeah. Well, that's why I asked if you're using it just to fuck with oh, them. Oh, I've I use it. I I love it. It's one of the greatest joys of being a dad, as I just fucking love <laughs> taking their words and using it all the time until it just they don't even want to say it anymore. Right. That's when yeah. I know I've won. Yeah, right. That's when I know I have accomplished next level status. I get some like so I'll use the word I'll say like oh I'm getting some XP. You know, in life, you know, and so we, we like, I'd make up these fit, like we go for a hike. And so we, I'd tell them, oh, we're going to do, we're going to go hike in the IRL. Right. So yeah. I, yeah. So my, my <laughs> on steps, the Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you would get so pissed at me because they, it, I didn't even know what IRL was until some, I heard my kids playing back and forth. So here's a weird fucking thing that kids do. I got two, I got a stepson who's 13, a son who's 14. They'll be in, in separate rooms in the house playing their game, but they won't be play together. They, they don't want to be in the same room. If they're in the same room, it fucks them up. So they'll sit on there, and then one of them was talking to the other one, and he said, IRL. I'm like, what is IRL? And he's like, oh, it just means in real life. And I'm like, you mean, like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's like, well, it's like if someone says, you know, I got, I got a new shirt, well, that might be your, your avatar got a new shirt, so you got to say IRL. And so after that, I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do this in the IRL. <laughs> oh, they would just die. They would curl up in the back seat, and they would be so angry with me. And so I used it. Oh, I used it to death. It was awesome. Yeah. It was one of the greatest, one of my greatest victories in life. Is yeah. in in the IRL, just because it's yeah, you're not supposed to say that. No, right? it's not how, that's rule. not how you say it, man. Mm-mm. That's like, did you know that I'm on the face pages? You're on the face pages. Yeah, face man. pages. Oh, so I don't even. I, I in I, the interwebs. Huh. Inside the webs, yeah. Inside, inside, the, inside webs. the webs on the fa- Facebook. I'd say inside the webs would still get on there, but the face pages, kids don't even Facebook anymore. Yeah, they don't even do like, that. that. Facebook is for old people. Yeah, yep. It's for boomers. Yeah. Yep. And so yeah. the funny thing is, is that we're all to them like 70 fucking years old. Right. You know, well, I, I am 70, so well, I'm 70 to you, but you're, you're 90 to me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But you're going to live to be 110. So it's the good. new 110. Yeah. Okay. It's the new 110. But yeah, anyway. no, it's like we're old as balls. So it's uh it's when we say the face pages they're like they don't fucking care yeah. that doesn't bother them at it's, all. Oh, is that what you guys call it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah like whatever boomer. Yeah. yeah. Do they even say boomer anymore? No, that's, that's got to no, be old. That's so like nine, 2019. Well, okay, so I, 2018. I looked up Darty Urban Dictionary. 2018 was the first was when it went into the Urban Dictionary. Right. So it's like the, it probably starts on the coast, right? And right. it works this way. And we're in. And, that's and, how it did when when I was young. I remember getting magazines. And this is like in the 70s, 
if they were made, skateboarding was a thing back then, the old skateboards, the small ones. The and, penny and, boards, right? Yeah, and I'd get, I, I had one, and I'd get these skateboard magazines, and kids would be skateboarding in California, usually in black and white photos, in pools that are empty, mm-hmm. and they'd have these big tube socks, and tube socks were like not quite yet in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, like we were still wearing, I don't know, moccasins or something. And then, yeah, <laughs> whatever we were. But I wore, so then I'd get tube socks, and then tube socks, and I felt like, man, I'm like six months ahead of the competition here. You know, I mean, you'd start to see these things happen, and they'd always start on the coast. And then, like, it used to be a thing. Like, we took a trip to California to see cousins, and I was all about, what are people wearing? Because, you know, that was how you knew back then. You had to go there or see, you know, it, we didn't have the internet, so, the but interwebs. You, you, but you were looking for it, though. I was looking for it. What are oh, the okay. haircuts? What are they wearing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was a kid, you know, you I'm this aware. little kid. I was a little aware, but it was also just wanted to be cool. Like, hey, yeah, we tuck in our shoe, you know, our pants or we roll them up or what it, people did. But, and God. you knew it was going to be like, dude, you no, are fucking the weird 110 thing. years old. <laughs> right, yeah. Whatever the weird thing is. Instead of moccasins. But no, you know, okay, like I'm, it'll be here next summer. You'll see yeah. what I'm doing. People will do here next yeah. summer. Well, and, and then they did. Yeah. And you so felt then, so vindicated. Okay, like, were you the cool kid then or were you no, the weird kid? No, I was just trying to be the cool kid. I was but were you weird? What, like, how did people see you though? Like if you did the weird fucking thing that they're doing out on the coast, and I say weird, did people be like, no, oh, they're not, no, that, yeah, no, it was kind of like cool, whatever, but I don't think people really paid attention to that. So, so like in, in, the, in TV and in the movies, when you see the new kid show up to school and he's sporting all the trends from whatever town he right. was from that are, haven't made it there yet, right? Like to all the dudes, He's weird and he's different, but all the girls are like, "Oh, look what he This does. guy's a little edgy. What's up with him? Right. Were, you, were you that guy? Maybe. Oh, see, yeah, that's the guy you want to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you bring that you, shit. I in. want it to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like I, I get it. And it, so my stepson Gavin, he's that way. Just, but it's it's strange. So <clears throat> I guess it's because, and maybe the 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 movement from the coasts is less now and quicker because of the internet. Because they have so much access to whatever's out there all the time, twenty four seven, and so they're seeing shit that's new. Like, what is even new anymore? You know that that like they'll see photos and videos, and YouTubers are doing different things, and they're always on the pulse of whatever is changing. Right. right. So, like the the time the the time lapse from a new trend hitting starting on the coast and coming to little Midwest town of Baraboo has got to be well. So it's much not even less. the coast anymore. I mean, we were just talking with a parent about this the other week. It's stuff like her kid is into K-pop, you know, Korean pop. Oh, sure, culture. And yeah. she's in high school, and it's all the trends they do in Korea that she has access to immediately on the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but and, and also her circle. And this is back here in the little town. Yeah. Everybody's into that. So it's like you know, it's more. They might be a little cutting edge in their small circle. Yeah, but there's more than one of her. You know what I mean? That yeah. she's got a whole clique, a whole group that they're like that. Um, and I, so the internet is just, it, yeah, that cult, the, the lines bleed. See, there's got to be so much pressure now on kids to try to, to try to keep up with that shit. Like if it's changing all the time, how do you ever find the thing that you're, that you connect right. with if it's always changing? You know, it's like, it's, it, it, I think, I think some kids, maybe, maybe it'll kind of bring back a sense of like, well, this is who I am. And it's like, it, it takes so much work to try to be all these different things all the time. To, to stay up to date with what's trending and what's cool, that it's not even trending and cool anymore to be changing all the time. No. You like know? by the time you actually change it, you're already outdated. Well, now yeah. I, I know for my son, there's Instagram people. Some of them are public figures. And you mean you mean influencers? No, not, that's just it. There's not so much influencers as, you know, 
celebrities, but and they'll have Instagram accounts, I guess. I, I don't even do Instagram, right? And they'll just show like so fucking the, old. I know, it's totally <laughs> carts and horses, man. They'll they, like this sweater. I mean, when he goes shopping or thrifting, because that's usually where he can find stuff. Mm-hmm. He'll just get it, and it's like, and then he'll show me a picture of so and so on Instagram. See, I'm, I'm like him. It's like, and that's his thing. Yeah. And that's his identity is that he is like honed in on that one or, you know, those one or two or three people Mm -hmm. and how they dress, you know, and we'll go to a mall or, you know, someplace and he'll be like, those are really cool shoes. You know, so-and-so has shoes kind of like this. And again, he'll show me the picture Mm -hmm. and then it's like, you know, that's why I want those or not want those. It's gotta be. It's it's different. That's modeling after a person. Yeah. Right. I would imagine that person. person isn't, you know switching styles often no and it's so so i think then he is finding a niche i mean that niche is maybe modeled off of a person yeah but he's not you know yeah right it's it's so it yeah it's so it's got it's just gotta be so fucking hard but then to be an original well and then for him back here and that to go on that that's his style yeah but and, the, and he knows he's influenced by these one or two people, but back here, but that's nobody what makes, makes him feel them. like him. That's, yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but his his style. That, and how often does he change? How often does he change his who he who he models after? I don't know that so, much. So, like, if you're someone who changes who you model after every week, oh no. So then your style would be a person who models themselves after other people. But to be an original now is is so much more rare, I would think, because. You're the person that did something, not because you saw it on somebody else, but because it just feels good and that's what's right mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about like the way people dress in the 50s and 60s and then they started changing how they dress in the 70s. They didn't, per se, the person who, who dressed that way in California, they did it because that's just what they felt. You know, they woke up, mm-hmm. they went to a store, they went to a thrift store, whatever, and I'm going to throw on some bell-bottom pants with a, a, if it's a woman, a tube top, and then, and then put my hair this way or put in a bandana or a headband or a fucking bow or a flower in their hair or whatever it is that, that made them feel good. And then other people saw them. So there you have an original. Mm-hmm. But how do, you, how do you seek out an original? How do you, you know, it's like, is it, is it harder for kids now to become an original, to like really be in touch with who they are because they have so much influence 24 hours a day. They're being influenced by so many different things and so many different people. Well, and I think, so much has been done. You can't be original anymore. Like, I, I, really? I, can I, don't, you? I disagree. I, I don't think that. I, I think that you could say that forever. But yeah. I think the thing that's so prolific today. I mean, the internet's just like it's everywhere. Pictures are everywhere. Yeah, those styles are. It is hard to stand out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, some people it, do extreme things to be that original. Sure. Yeah, at an extreme level, I feel like that may be the case. But well, I mean, I don't know. It, it, so I, I guess it's all to to me. It's all about what 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 you if you're in, like, the, if, if we're just going to take the way we, we dress, you know, if we dress in a way that makes us comfortable and it's not based on anybody else's ideas on what's in fashion, then I think that's kind of original. It's like, it's for you. So you're still like, for yourself, yes, go ahead. Well, no, but the, I was thinking that movie, uh, the Meryl Streep won The Devil Wears Prada. Okay. You guys remember that? And the, the secretary, Vaguely. the, the, uh, Oh gosh, I can't even think of her name right now. The the young woman who tries to become her assistant secretary is, you know, that gets fed up with fashion. Like you guys are so obsessed with these new styles, you know, try to find the new thing and mm-hmm. and they might be the ones who saw this there was this one person in California that wore this and we're going to do this with it. And she's kind of 
has she vomits a little bit this whole thing on Meryl Streep's character who is like you know like the top of the top and she just sits there and very calmly just says so you mean and she just looks at the stuff she's wearing thinking she's kind of original in her own way and she's not influenced by fashion right she's like you know that top you know that came from you know in germany in berlin in 1942 that's a da, da, da. and she like picked apart everything like you are so influenced and you don't even know it and but she was that far removed from it where she thought now i'm just my own person I've got this sweater. And she was like, no, that all came from here. And she could, you know, pinpoint everything. Sure. So I think there's an element of that. I don't play in that sandbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing But, it. you know, <laughs> and I don't really concern myself with it. But I think that does exist. I mean, I'm sitting here wearing stuff that I know somebody in in that world would be able to take apart. Well, you know, well, this is well, where sure. that comes from. They can take it. There's a difference, I think, between origin of, like, where a garment comes from from 1940s Germany but if you don't, well, if you don't know it's from 1940s Germany, 1940s Germany is a bad example. It doesn't I, go back whatever. that far. If it's 1979 LA, if you don't know it's from 1979 LA, then what the fuck does it matter? It's still yours. You like it because you like it because it feels good. You don't like it because you saw it on somebody else and it looked good or it looked cool or it's different. You know, I think, I think yeah. it's, it's, I think it's the personal choice. Like I'm, I'm autonomous in my choosing of clothing. It's like I don't go into. Uh, uh, the I don't know the fucking Culvers and see somebody wearing a, a specific kind of of outfit and be like, oh, that guy looks like I want to look like that guy. Right. You know, it's like so. I think there's there there is originality, but I guess it's the definition of the word original. You know, because if you're looking on a broad sense, that everybody's looking at you as an original. Everything's a derivative from something. Else. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 So Jesus, especially with the trend now, the old is new. I mean, what do you mean? Well, that's kind of how I mean, it's always cycled. It's a cycle, right? Yeah. So now, what what's in fashion right now? I don't know. Vinyl uh, records. <laughs> well, vinyls, vinyls. Well, th- that's a funny thing, though. Vinyl is huge, but it's also like this. It's 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 very. Um, oh, what the hell? It, it it's very uh, pop. It's popular, but it's only popular among people who, who love it. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. There's a word I'm trying to say. That it's like it's in vogue or whatever. It's like right now, it's a it's a thing. People get in the vinyl because there's something sexy and gritty about it. But the people that really love it, they love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. But my point was, people get into vinyl because it's the thing that people do to be uh, in it. Uh, meaning, like, if you get into vinyl, oh, you must really love it. Well, you don't have to necessarily. You might just be getting into vinyl because you know that the stigma is if you're into vinyl, you really love audio. Right. And you're, you're a purist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or if I start wearing jeans, chucks, plaid, and a Carhartt hat, like, that might just be the in look. Well, even though I have nothing to do with work or the need for right. Carhartt. Well, mm-hmm. I, interestingly, with that. What if it's all just a basic, it's a fucking manipulation by the people who own Carhartt, the Carhartt company. If they, they've got enough money, they can fucking create a trend. Mm-hmm. They can go out and start giving away Carhartt hats on the street and, and wherever they are to where there's enough people wearing them where they're like, oh man, I got to get me one of those Carhartt hats because everybody's wearing one. Or they put them in ads or they do these different things. So the trends now... How, how many trends that exist today are, are, are started out of a purely marketing standpoint from a company that's trying to sell their shit as opposed to someone who's actually being fashionable? 
Right, and there's a lot of that because you know they get free clothes. There's music videos that you, they dress up. The you know they go to right. an award ceremony, wear my dress or wear yeah. That but that's and that's been that way for a while. Sure, I, I wouldn't say till you know like in the '40s it was that. I don't think I think marketing's shifted more that way. I mean, there might have been an element of it at that time, but that's yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, so I heard a story. Um, <clears throat> talk about market manipulation. This is something that kind of pisses me off a little bit, but and. The way we are so fucking played by companies to over, over um, consume is so. This woman was telling the story. Um, it's a uh, she bought a, a printer. Let's just say I don't even know if it's a big deal if I say it or not. I'd probably say it's an Epson or whatever or HP. Mm-hmm. So she buys this printer, and she prints off photographs at home. She doesn't want to go to Walgreens. She prints off photographs. So it's kind of expensive. You know, you got to have the nice ink and the nice paper and all those things. So she's looking up for printers and she finds a really nice printer, but it's fucking cheap. It's only like 75 bucks. It's like, well, that's amazing. You've got this printer for 75 bucks and the other really nice ones are like 150. So she buys a printer and it works great. And she uses it until all the ink is gone. So she's got to buy new ink. Well, the fucking ink is twice as much as the cost yep. of the printer, right? So that's where they get you, right? They get they, they got the low ball on the front end. Maybe they're selling it for even below what their cost is, knowing that you got to buy the ink. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody gets really fucking smart, and they're like, oh, well, it's not that hard to, to manufacture an ink cartridge. So they got these knockoff ink cartridges that are a quarter of the price of the ones that they're selling through the company that makes the printer. Well, there is the, the, the printing company realized what's going on, and so, you know, you get these these firmware updates, you know, for your printers and your phone and your computer and all these different gadgets mm-hmm. that we got going through our on our houses. There an update came through that made it on April twenty-sixth of two thousand fourteen, every printer that exists under this brand, if they weren't u- using that branded cartridge, they would malfunction and they would have all these errors. Mm-hmm. And so she went all down the line to try to figure out what was going on. And it all came down to them forcing people to buy this really, really expensive ink, or they would have these errors with this computer or this printer. And so there's so many, like so many places like it, where they, people would just take the printer and they would just buy a brand new printer, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's got an error, right? Mm-hmm. So who's all done it? iPhone did it with that iPhone six. Yep or five or whatever it was, they put in the update that made your battery fucking die in like three, three hours. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> there's a, the, there's a light bulb. Do you guys know about light bulbs? So there's a fucking light bulb in a firehouse on the East coast. Let's say it's in Boston. It's been burning since fucking light bulbs have existed. It never shut off. So they have, they had the, the technology to make light bulbs so fucking well that they never burned out ever. Mm. They're a little more expensive but they never burned out. Well, the problem was if you sold a fucking light bulb that never burned out, you're going to be running out of light bulbs pretty quick. People are not going to buy them anymore. So they put together a team to decide what was the perfect amount of life of a light bulb where it's acceptable for the consumers that it can burn out and they can buy a new one. They can dial that in and out at their will. So when LED light bulbs came around, it, it was a total upset the apple cart of the industry. Now, even LEDs, they say they can last 20 years, but there's different levels of mm-hmm. LEDs. They can sell one that's really cheap, but it burns out, and it's like, oh, yeah, it burned out. Let's throw it in the garbage. How much of our 
how much of our landfills are full of shit that didn't need to be there only because someone wanted to make money. Right. Yeah, we're in a consumable world. Oh. And the same thing happened with cars. Cars oh, yeah. nowadays are mm-hmm. designed mm-hmm. to to not last you 20 years. Yeah. You know, if you get 100... Don't it, make them like they used to. No. Yeah. No, it's but it's like, rough. okay... You know, <laughs> I just think about you when you say that you got a pair of fucking moccasins on. <laughs> I got my moccasins. Yeah. I had moccasins that were great. I got at a antique store and they were old and somebody stole them. What? They were in my locker at school. It used to be my slippers like around school. I, it was at this funky school. You were old before your time. Yeah. And I had my moccasins <laughs> and they were cool moccasins, man. I'm sorry not to go up, but they were and they came up a little bit. Yeah. Somebody took them out of my locker. Someone stole your fucking moccasins. Somebody stole my moccasins. Moccasins. Anyway, seems like anyway. such a I don't I don't know shit about moccasins, but I feel like it's such a personal item. Yeah, I know. I I agree. I mean, like, I kind of felt like they're like somebody from like the 1700s had them, and now they're dead, so now it's okay to wear them. Yeah. What? And they were that old. Okay. Maybe not that old, but they were old. Yeah. And um, now they're well, like, and like yeah, somebody else. It's like yeah. you know your futon's gonna last forever. Your moccasins should last forever. Yeah. But like shoes are shoes, right? Yeah. Like if someone st- boosts your shoes and oh, they yeah. fit, okay, you boosted my shoes, and, yeah. but they fit you. But moccasins, I just feel like, I don't know. Maybe uh, this is just well, stereotyping well, wait, moccasins. Yeah, no, I don't no. fucking know. Think about it though. House slippers. Do you have Do you have slippers? No. <laughs> I have slippers in the wintertime. Yeah. Because I, I don't wear socks. I don't like to wear socks in my house. I don't like, I, I just don't, I don't want to take them off. They're sweaty or whatever. And I just have my slippers. I slip on no socks. I might be, you know, a whole no sock slipper society out there. I'm part of it. And all I'm saying is, is that no one's going to want to steal my fucking slippers. Like, there's a thing about slippers. If I saw slippers. Well, especially because you don't wear socks. Well, fuck yeah, but they don't know that. But it's just like it is. There is. There's something. Yeah, about I it. wouldn't. I like if you I saw slippers used... on marketplace. Like who the fucks? It's like buying used underwear. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. It's like buying. But it, they're not a far cry from shoes. No. Not you know, at all. people will spend hundred twenty dollars on a pair of Uggs on the marketplace, and people usually don't wear fucking socks with Uggs. Mm. I don't know shit about Uggs. They don't. Anymore. No. It's like it's all it's all the fuzzy stuff inside. It feels good on your toe. And the, the, people wear them in the fucking summertime. Oh. Okay. I never understood Uggs. I've never put a pair on though. Either, either of I, yeah. yeah, no. You ever seen a dude wearing Uggs? No, no. Oh my god, talk about you have. Oh yeah, yeah. And I judged the fuck out of them. Is this in Instantly. California? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't in California. It was down in Chicago. But it's like I don't. I just see Uggs and it's like, oh, it's just women wear Uggs. Yeah, you know. But if I see a dude wearing Uggs, it's like Tom Brady wears Uggs. Oh. I think there's a picture of Tom Brady wearing Uggs, oh. and it's like, oh, he fucking. He can't be the goat if he's wearing hey, he Uggs. He just went down Sorry, a match. He just, you just lost some serious cred right there wearing fucking Uggs. He lost his man card for six months. Right oh, yeah, there. absolutely. Absolutely, he did. Well, it did funny. in my book anyway. But I don't know. I You know, I'm a judgmental prick, so I guess that's Apparently. just the way it goes. I just thought Uggs was like, you know, a, a brand for women. I did too. But Except, no. Nope. No. But it's a shoe. Maybe they and gave it, them to Tom Brady. Maybe it's marketing. Fuck that. And he's he like, these them. are great. Tom Brady bought those fucking Uggs. He loves them. You know he does. But how I, much do you think Tom Brady actually buys? Right. I think Tom Brady buys all of his shit. You think? I, I do. All I, of I his believe shit? It. All of it. Like his shirts. Because I think he's, I think to be the, to, uh, he, I think he's a very particular guy. He does everything in a very particular way. And I think that's one of the things that makes him so great. Mm. He's got his own system for everything he does. And so if someone else was going to buy his shit, if I'm putting myself in his shoes and I've got, I'm like, this is what I eat. This is what I get up in the morning. This is what I do. This is how I work out. No one's going to buy my shit. 
for me because if I'm going to wear it or mm. whatever, it's got to be just the thing for me. So I, I'm going to guess that nobody buys it. Yeah, shit. but but Uggs gave him the Uggs. Uggs, well. I, <laughs> and then he tried them on. And, and his wife said, oh, those are Uggs. You should wear them. So I, I, okay, so I take it back. His watches, because he's in all those watch ads. I don't think he, like, I don't, I'm going to guess that probably someone paid him a lot of fucking money to wear a really nice watch. That's not a hard thing to do. Right. You know, here, wear our $10,000 watch. Oh, uh, it doesn't fit my style. We'll find one that does, you know, with something like that. Right. I have an ethical question for both of you. Ethical. Ethical. Is there something wrong with a celebrity or athlete endorsing a product that they wouldn't actually wear? Or on use. an ethical basis? Yeah. Like, would you take money to endorse something that you personally wouldn't On an ethical have? basis? No. I don't think they should. I mean, that's... I can... No. I, when I would see, like, people in magazines endorsing a watch or whatever, as a kid, you know, looking at that stuff, wondering... I would... First question I'd ask myself is, do they really use that watch? And ethically, I wouldn't do it if I didn't. But do they? Yeah. Well, and if you, well it, ethics aside, probably... How much are you paying me? Well, you're Heck right. yeah. Well, so the, I, so I, I'm going to ask you what's the what's the difference between ethics and morals? I don't fucking know. So because <laughs> if you if, if ethics and morals coincide, then I would say no, it's not cool. But ethically, if your ethics are to put food on the table to feed your family and to do this and to do that, it's a job. And someone's and it's yeah, a job. I suppose. Then, I then yeah. it's like okay, yeah, I'll fucking wear I'll wear your baseball cap, but morally. I think that's where it steps in front of ethics where it's like, if this, if, if, if this fucking watch makes my wrist turn green and I'm going to wear it in a magazine for a hundred thousand dollars, then no, because I wouldn't want all the fucking people that are going to put that watch on to have their wrist turn green because then it's going to make me look like a douchebag. You know, it's like, it's going to, it's a, it speaks to my morals that I'm willing to put on a piece of shit and sell it to people. It's like, they don't, then you're a snake oil salesman. Right. So what do you think? Yeah. Well, that was the thing is, so I guess, to your point, ethically, like, yeah, if it, if it's clear, like, look, I'm getting paid to and to promote this, mm-hmm. that's one thing. If I'm getting paid to endorse it, and I, I think promote and endorse are two different things, right? Endorsing for me means I use, I drink this brand of water because I've taste tested them, and this is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Getting paid to promote something is, hey, drink this, <laughs> yeah, it's great water. It, I, I drank it once. It was, yeah. it was wonderful. So there is a difference there. Yeah, I go back and forth on it. If it's a crap product or if it, it it's certainly a harder standpoint. But then I start thinking, okay, what's the difference between that and fuck like this, an advertisement, right? Or a sponsor, right? What if what if Haynes Ike wanted to sponsor us okay, for their so boxers? I would say this. Would, H- you, would you take their sponsorship? If, I, if Haynes wanted to sponsor us for their boxers, I'd say, Haynes, what's up? Send us a fucking... Couple packages of your boxers, so all of us can try them on. I'm not a boxer guy, so I'd say send me some fucking boxer briefs or whatever that you're gonna sell, and then I'm gonna try them on. And if they're uncomfortable and they're riding up my ass and all that stuff, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want to because no. it's like because morally, it's it, I think it's fucked up to to endorse something that's a piece of shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So would you? So would you do it if you could get away with just saying, "Hey, this segment is sponsored by Haynes, who makes." Boxers for dudes. Yes, yes. I would. I would be able to say that. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't be able to say, "Hey, y'all, go out and get yourself some Hanes. Yeah. These are the most comfortable underwear I've ever had in my life." Da 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 da. Yeah. Da. And so that's. I think you and I then are on the same page with that distinction. Like, 
there's a difference, I guess, between endorsing and just like. Well, yeah, endorsing is more like a job. You're a bill, billboard. You're using your position. Or are you getting paid to just say, hey, this is good water? Yeah. You, know, you know, they make nice underwear. But yeah. yeah but in today's, in today's culture, that's tricky. That's fucking yeah. tricky. So you got like, take NASCAR, for example. You're everybody that, that is a sponsor for, for a NASCAR driver, their, their logo is on their fucking car, right? right. So let's, let's say there's a company that um, their logo is on a NASCAR car. It's going to the Indy 500, one of the biggest races in all the fucking year of a NASCAR. And the CEO comes out and says some super racist bullshit. All of a sudden, I fucking guarantee you, whether that's a good product or not, that, 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 well, in today's world, yeah. yeah that sticker's coming off that yeah, car. Yeah, you know, sure. so Okay, but you're talking more cancel culture versus... I, I am, but at the same time, it's, it's who they're standing behind, right? So it's like, if it's a, if it's a good product, regardless of, of the, what the CEO said, where's the, where's the line get drawn where you're endorsing a product or you're getting paid by someone to talk about their product. There's a whole yeah. conversation there because that's where you, well, like, that's what you we're could do doing. the artist thing. Like, can you like this painter? You know, Picasso was amazing, but there's a lot of things about him that people, you know, we, we sure. know yeah. that are like, well, maybe he wasn't the greatest guy. Do you, can you still appreciate his painting or his work or the music of somebody or, you know, that's well, that's, whole, that's fucking huge. That's the whole huge, thing. Yeah. yeah. It's really huge. Cause it, it cons we went to this conversation that, one or two weeks ago about um, Morgan Wallen, mm -hmm. you know, yep. he, he, yeah, got, yeah, he yeah. got canceled yeah, because right, he yeah. said, he yeah. said some racist stuff. And right. it's like, all of a sudden nobody's buying his albums. His, his music isn't going to get played on hundreds and hundreds of radio stations. And it's like, so on, on what level is, where do we separate the person from the art? And I think art is a really subjective field, probably the most subjective field when it comes to that discussion, because when you're talking about Picasso, or 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 Morgan Wallen, or Lil Wayne, you you can separate the person from the art, and it's like okay, his music makes me feel something that I really like. You know, he's not saying these racist remarks in the music. Like Picasso didn't paint all the bad things he did. He didn't paint about that. Mm -hmm. You know, he painted beautiful masterpieces, works of art. Now, how many hundred years did it take for his art to get to the level it is now of, of appreciation, or was it that way? From the get go, was it? Well, it was that way during his lifetime. Okay, so some I mean, artists it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Okay, with that, let's back to the sponsorship thing. I'm I'm sponsored by Pepsi as a NASCAR driver, and some high up in Pepsi says some fucked up shit. That person maybe gets reprimanded or fired as the CEO. Let's just say, right? Mm -hmm. I can still sponsor Pepsi. I still like the product, and that that person didn't change the product, and it didn't make the product of Pepsi racist because that one person said something fucked up in today's environment though. There's a, it's questionable because it's because of cancel culture. People, people think I know that way though. I know. I, I'm just saying, I don't think it does. Do you, you guys I, figure I, this out? Is it, is that your conclusion that it doesn't need to be canceled in that sense? Is that, I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying if we'll just, again, this is total hypothetical shit, right? Pepsi. I'm just utilizing Pepsi. If Pepsi CEO, came out today and just blasted something and said something so far out there and bullshit right. at that point as a consumer i'm going to make or someone who would advertise or endorse them i'm going to make the decision of okay is pepsi going to handle it and do i think that's appropriate now as someone who would buy pepsi if they did something i would think you know then i'm making the choice okay 
if Pepsi as a company didn't address it as I wanted to, then maybe I'll make the choice not to support that company. But it doesn't change the fact that I love Pepsi. Right. That right, one guy right. didn't change the fact that I like Pepsi. So if he if he, you know, comes out with an apology or whatever I deem as appropriate response, then I'll support the company again. Now as someone who would endorse Pepsi, the same thing would apply. Like it doesn't change the fact that I enjoy Pepsi. Yeah, but the problem is is that we're more in tune now with the way we're as a superstar NASCAR driver, you get paid by your performance, but you also get paid by how people view you. You get paid by Instagram. You get paid by all these other marketers that are going to, you're going to wear their watch. You're going to wear their suit. You're going to speak on their TV show. You're going to go and sponsor their beer or whatever. If you stick with Pepsi because fuck, I just love drinking Pepsi. So every time you crack a can of Pepsi, all of a sudden you're in the spotlight and people are seeing you as the guy who stands behind this racist fuck. That's that's the head of Pepsi. Even if Pepsi does it, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's totally it's totally fucking wrong the way it's perceived. But in today's world, that's the way it's perceived. Is that you're standing behind Pepsi, even if you just like Pepsi. All of a sudden, you gotta like have someone go to the store and buy Pepsi for you and drop it off at your back porch in a box that looks like a Coke box. It's the raw milk guy. Yeah, it's the fucking raw no. milk guy. Yeah, and but that, again, that's why I think it would depend on Pepsi as a company's response to that individual. Sure, but like, even in short term, though, short term, I don't think so because short term is everybody's so fucking quick. It's, yeah, yeah it's, and, it's, and I, and I understand the optics of it, and I understand why you would drop Pepsi, but I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it. I think as a whole, people are. I think the vocal cancel culture is a lot more vocal than the people who are like, yeah, that guy said something fucked up. Let's see if they fix it. Right, but it, it kind of goes back to that mm. morals and ethics kind of thing that we were talking about before too, where morally. You just fucking like Pepsi. And you know what? If all of a sudden somebody doesn't want to fucking pay you anymore because you drink Pepsi, you can just say, fuck them. This is me. I don't believe in that racist bullshit. And I'm going to use my words to blast that CEO. At the same time, I like fucking drinking Pepsi. I put it, I drink it with my dinner, my lunch, and I'm fucking drinking for breakfast. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks because this is me. So we are so under the microscope by millions of people as celebrities, not that we as celebrities, but people as celebrities, that they have to choose who they're going to serve. Are they going to serve themselves or are they going to serve the image that other people see them as? So I think people that there's, I think there's a huge reverence for people who stand up and say, fuck it. I drink Pepsi. What that guy said was fucking wrong, and I'm not going to stand behind that. But at the same point in time, I'm not going to change who I am just because you think that because of what you think, someone else's vision of me. It's like if I'm going to drink Pepsi now and all of a sudden I stop drinking Pepsi, someone else is going to think I'm a fucking sellout because their vision of me is, is now that mm-hmm. I, I'm not a man of my word. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to drink something I don't like just for the image of it. Well, all of a sudden you're, you're a chump, you know? So I, I think it's all the optics of it when mm-hmm. it, you know, comes down yeah. to it, with, yeah. especially with celebrities. Yeah. And just to be clear, there's no racist scandal as of right now with Pepsi. This is <laughs> yeah, total hypothetical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. They'll never sponsor you. <laughs> I am sorry. I'm sorry, Pepsi Cola. We did not. Oh, those guys. Yeah. No, we're not going to sponsor them. No, no. I wouldn't sponsor us either. There's only 12 people. Listen to any one of our and podcasts. One of them's the CEO of Pepsi, and three of them are no. sitting in this room right now. So <laughs> that only, you know, at least nine. So mm. I don't think we have to worry about that too much. I think we're all right. Yeah, we're okay. You good if I change subjects really quick? Yeah, man, change it up. Ike says you're a whiskey connoisseur ish. Oh. oh yeah, man. Ish maybe. No, no, no. Don't so, fucking say ish. So I know as of right now, we're you know 
10 a.m. And we're not going to be drinking whiskey. We're oh, not, we're not I thought doing this is where that was going. I'm like, we're not okay. having some darty action. <laughs> Five o'clock it's, somewhere. It's darty like, action. What? But I'm darty. confident there will be some evening whiskey action. So okay. I, I don't know. Tell me about your whiskey experience. My whiskey. How'd you experience. get into it? Um. Yeah, you know, I didn't. It was somewhere in the last ten years. I think I had whiskeys i mean so much in our culture whiskey is more like you know with a sweet uh, a mixer yeah the whiskey coke thing and and i was never into sweet mixers i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you just one second you guys continue to talk anybody that knows me knows that once you fucking break the seal oh i I got a seal we can we can uh, you guys break the seal i broke the seal man i got a roll so i gotta go head down yeah we'll be right back yeah (laughs) and and there's a doorknob i got kyle better not fucking stand next to me that's all i'm saying i'm gonna race you down the hallway oh man and we're back. I'm back anyway. Kyle and Bill are sitting in the hallway talking about how big their hogs are. Oh, hey, guys. You talking to yourself? What's up? How you doing? <laughs> and we're back. We are back. So, yeah, okay, so I was into, um, not into whiskey at that point. I got into it um, via uh, brandy cognac, cognac being a brandy. Mm. And a friend of mine, a friend of ours, and I, we used to just kind of really be into cognac. And, um, you know, we just had means to chat. We'd like take, well, I would take notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'd do tastings and blind tastings. And his wife was more into scotch whiskey. And we didn't, we were like, yeah, whatever. And we we're just all into cognac. So cognac. was Kelly? Yeah. Oh, really? And then, like, one of her colleagues was like, oh, those guys are doing that, even know that. that wussy drink, that French thing, that cognac. And we're like, oh, and we yeah. were so into different cognacs and how they're aged and all this other stuff. And then finally, yeah, we'll try the scotch. We tried the, and, and then just it just grew. And then suddenly he was, like, into whiskey. I'm like, really? You don't want to try this cognac? He's a, he's a kind of a trendsetter, he is, because he's so passionate about it. Well, he, yeah, in, in, Kelly kind of brought him into that world, and then he, camped out there and then and then i started doing it. and then we just got into whiskey more and more and then i started maybe knowing somebody who would try to make whiskey yeah and learning a little bit i mean there's youtube videos there's all kinds of ways to do it um so do you have special cup glasses you use yeah what kind are they they're called glen karen so are they like the weird Yes. Yes. yeah that's the glass, yeah. glass. yeah which okay. is a brand I they think, got kind right? of a belly on the bottom and then it tapers up at the mm-hmm. neck a little bit and the top has a small flare at the top no it's straight is it are no. you sure i'm not 100 percent, but i'm 99 all right well i'm gonna oh, i'm boy. gonna talk to our get um, where's the where's the guy on the computer yeah get your um, shit together so then so then we would do these whole you know trying to find our world of whiskey you know where your yeah. taste will, and yeah. then just in your palate develops and then you get more sensitive to it and it's kind of fun we would never it's not like we would drink to you know get inebriated no it right like have these and try these tastes and find out you know how that worked and i think it does dude i think it does i'm, I'm pulling uh, up a picture a right flare? Now. just a very very minuscule flare i think there's just a very okay tiny flare all right yeah just, i see it yeah okay yeah just that's a, a glencairn yep, that's a, gotcha. yeah that's a glencairn but yeah, I do have other glassware besides those glasses. Just those glasses. Yeah. So do you drink? So, what is neat and clean? Neat it's just neat. Clean. It's just neat. 
Neat what it is, means, no water, no ice, just okay, straight whiskey. Okay. Yeah, neat. And is yeah, that the usually, right way to do it? Well, it depends. You get how you like it, but it, you know, the the one the science that's there, and this has been studied by whiskey makers, and you know, I I should have saved that article like you know six years ago. There's one of the big distilleries in Scotland that got into this. That we found if you put you know this much water with whiskey, you know, like they had an ounce and these two drops, there's a chemical reaction that it becomes more floral more okay. you know the bouquet it actually changes i mean they like have s- studied it and they were so proud of this study like they wanted to get it out there to everybody add just a you know little water and then people some people have one cube some people you know do it on the rocks you know i mean just totally changes it the sure. water will change it so we you know go as far as uh, somebody was visiting scotland <laughs> where yeah. one of our group was visiting scotland one time and this you know he's at the distillery he's trying and this you know scottish gentleman pulls out his eyedropper you know, when he's tasting, he's like looking at him, you know, down the bar and he's dropping a couple drops in it. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, don't leave home without it. You got to have it everywhere you go, <laughs> lad. You know, you did it the scotch the right way. And so then we all got these eyedroppers and we just call and we have water, you know, these yeah. little like. What, um, do we, what do we those, call those, it? Well, it's, I'm going to say it. We had these little, you know, glass things with the eyedropper, and they just reminded me of Catholic Church. I'm like, it's the holy water. And we just started calling it the holy water. So we have holy water things, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a local source. There's a local spring, as you know, in Spring Green, yep. and that's where I get my holy water, and I'll have it, and I'll take it. And it's, all it takes is a couple drops. But then we started getting it source. Spring. Wrong city, but you're good. Yeah, you're right. Did I say Spring Green? Rock yeah. Springs, sorry. Thank you. That's right. Um I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, and I go there like every week. That's so funny. Don't go to Spring Green. There's a great spring. (laughs) I'm like, tell me about this spring in Spring Green, Bill. (laughs) Do you guys know about the spring they used to have in, uh, where was it? Wauwatosa? Wauwatosa. Yeah. So I didn't know about it, and they don't have it there now. But, okay, so there was a book called The White... City, I think it's called, right? About the the World's Fair in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds. No, I hadn't heard in of Chicago. It. And You're looking also, at me too. I'm like, I'm oh, and there's a clue. serial killer. Yeah, there's supposedly Scorsese was going to make a movie, and Leonardo DiCaprio was going to play the oh, guy. No shit. And, oh yeah, he would build these buildings. He murdered these women. It was horrific. I mean, he's like in American history. It's really weird. Another it's, Wisconsin. It's, it's, it's serial the killer. devil. The devil in the White City yeah. is what it's called because when he, in his will to. Be buried. They didn't. He want science. He's he's buried in cement. That he had that like you cannot get to his body. It's really weird. There's a weird thing. He like would they build poured buildings. cement. Yeah, over him. No, not to kill him. He was dead. No, I know, had, but I just had, mean his. Yeah, dead he body. had this whole thing, and then it's covered with you know steel and all the. I mean, like you'll never get to really? his body because he used to. He has this whole history of weird stuff, and he would build buildings and have buildings with secret secret rooms that would leak gas into them, where he would you know. Yeah, knock people out and then come in and kill wow. them and dismember them and all this stuff. And he and he would find it was Dude. during the world so, so it coincides and this book is terrific. I mean, it was like an incredible read. Um, the World's Fair is happening, and you know, in, in Chicago, what's left of that city? They built a whole city. It's incredible for the, world, is, is, for the World's Fair. Yeah, I've seen the, pictures of that. I've seen know, pictures of that. The the Natural History mm-hmm. Museum. Mm-hmm. It's all. It was a whole city like that. That's oh. just part of it. And so people would come from around the world for however long that was, a year mm-hmm. or something, and not have a place to stay. And like, oh, I got a, you know, he built this little hotel thing. You know, like, I got 10 rooms. You know, hey, hi, young lady, you looking for a place to stay for? Yeah. Oh, my and God. People come, and then he killed them. Fucking sick Oh, it's people, a sick man. thing. Jesus. It's a weird thing. And he was this real, you know, it's like the um, Edward 
who's the guy? Ed Gein. Ed Gein of yeah. the of the time or whatever. It's a it's a weird story. But what's my point? Um, you were talking about oh, there was a spring. So the spring, so they're yeah. building they're building the city, and part of it is they want to bring spring water from Wauwatosa. And I was like, Wauwatosa, you know, in Wisconsin, outside of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And they're going to pipe it down. They're going to build a whole viaduct. Like a pipeline. Yeah, direct from, this is like spring water from Wisconsin. And it was around this time I got a bottled water and it was, said Wauwatosa, you know, water. Really? I like, so I asked my sister who lives right next to it. And I was like, is there is a spring in Wauwatosa? Do you ever, do you get water there? Like, you know, we didn't. It's like, no. And actually the funny thing is her water in Milwaukee comes from Rock Springs, no, but yeah, the bottled water. Does? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I see their trucks. Uh, yeah, she knows. But anyway, so I asked her husband, who's from the Milwaukee area, like he grew up there. You know, um, do you, have you ever heard this thing? No. And then I, and then I just became more and more curious. So in my um, professional world, I had I was in sales, and I would meet people from the Milwaukee area, and just almost as an icebreaker, but also because I was curious, like Wabatosa water. Have you you know heard and. Nobody knew anything. Crickets. Really? And I, I kind of gave up. That? And here and now and then yeah. I'd bring it out. And it was like in this book, it was a big deal. Because they went up to Wauwatosa. The day they went up, or the night they went up, like in the evening, the town of Wauwatosa met them at the railroad with um, tar and feathers and, you know, um, torches. And they were like going to tar and feather them if they take their water. Wow. So they didn't. So they found another spring closer to the, closer to the Illinois border, south of that. And they just told everybody at the fair, this is coming down from Wauwatosa. Actual fucking tar and feathers? Yeah. They were like, you're not going to mess with our water Jesus. or our town. So then I finally found a person who said, oh, yeah. It was like, you know, their grandfather used to talk about it. Like the wells oh, went so dry. It's not on Instagram yet. No, it was, yeah. <laughs> that, that it actually was a thing. And the, eventually the wells the, it went dry in Wauwatosa. So, Crazy. Really? Um, Anyway, the water and whiskey. That's where. Yeah, we, the, well, yeah, holy water. So the holy water. Rock Springs. So, yeah, the Rock yeah. Springs. Rock Springs. The Spring holy Green. Water, yeah. Rock Springs. Um, but there is that chemical change. And you can, so then as you get to gauge and you get into experiencing those, you know, really exploring it and your palate changes, you'll find different alcohol levels in the whiskey with a little water. You know, how it changes it, not just smell and taste. I mean, smell, first of all, you know, you can start to smell it and with water and without. And we have, we'll sit around, there's, you know, half a dozen of us or whatever, and we've all done this for a few years. So we'll play with different whiskeys and we've moved on to bourbons and other things and Japanese whiskeys and so on and so forth. And I can remember when I was even in my early 20s, one of my friends talking about their dad and his friends are into whiskey and this, that, and for, you know, for other parts of whiskey. And that was like talking Greek. It's like yep. what these guys mm-hmm. do. I cannot imagine getting into it that much and knowing that we are now those guys. Absolutely. I mean, and it's like no big deal. <laughs> it's just kind of happened. Like you know, we kind of, you know, there's a fucked up part crazy. of it though. Cause I, I introduced it to my son. Like he, 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 uh, his buddies that drink JMO, yeah. you know, but they don't drink JMO to appreciate JMO. They drink it to get wasted. And then so at a darty, yeah, at a darty, exactly, yeah, dart some darty action with some JMO. That's what they do. Right. Um, but to to drink it for pleasure, to drink it for the flavor, to sip is a whole different experience. And I kind of feel bad for introducing it to him at such a young age because it's an expensive fucking yeah. hobby. Oh yeah, it's so ex- like so. The other night. We're sitting around and we're we're playing a little pickleball and we get done with pickleball. We're having we sound like such a little bit playing the pickleball. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pickleball is a new fucking sport, so I don't care. Fastest growing sport in the country. That's right. So 
where we, we play the pickleball, we sit around, have a little bit of whiskey. And I, I realized this, I'm not, not like a big awakening thing, but it just came, came more to my knowledge of seeing us sitting around drinking whiskey that when we drink whiskey, I remember when I started drinking whiskey, I would spend like 15, 20 bucks on a bottle of whiskey. And that would be something like, I'd be like, Oh, and I remember you guys, when, when I started drinking whiskey with you, because you introduced me to whiskey, you and Lewis and all the guys, you would, you would have a bottle that was 25 or 30. And it was like, Ooh, this is, this is a 25, $30 bottle. You know, it's like, you didn't, you, you had already graduated from the 15 to $20 bottle. You were up to 25, 30. And that was your, like your regular drinker. And then a nice bottle, you'd spend 50 to 75. And now, when we sit down to drink whiskey, if there's a twenty-five to thirty-dollar bottle of whiskey on the table, nobody fucking <laughs> touches <laughs> it. Nobody even. It's like it's like yeah, yeah, nah. yeah whatever. Because there's, there's always a fifty to seventy-five dollar bottle sitting there, or more, or more. The crazy thing yeah. is, I mean, there's yeah, and and I'm not buying those, uh, you know, whatever for for home for home. But, yeah, you know, we'll have because I mean, we really do appreciate it, and yeah. that bottle will last. You know, it's not like one night. It'll last a little. Well, sometimes depends. Depends depends on but, on who buys it, what their shareability value of it. If it's right. if it's a two hundred dollar bottle, then it's going to last a lot longer because it doesn't come out. Yeah, all and the time. if we're getting together once a week, you know, that might be a whole month's worth or sure you know, something. You know, yeah, we have that little bit, and it's just more to appreciate it. And we'll you know you'll have this sip, and then maybe you have a forty dollar or thirty dollar in just to have a second and sit around yeah. and talk, but. There's a real appreciation. And I was into wine, and I still am, first. So I just, and I'm wine and food. I just like that whole experience, um, you know, yeah, that, that yeah. taste thing. So Interesting. I was like, there's something there, and um, it just kind of stumbled into it. But I'm, I can certainly remember when I was in my 20s going, oh, there's no way. I would never. So what's your go-to whiskey? There's not one. There isn't? No. No, but I mean... Um, there, there are some that I like. I tend to, my, my palate, I mean, one thing I do like is that McAllen 12, they've changed it in the last, I don't know what, couple of years or a year? Like, uh, it's been a little bit longer than that, I think. That That's a great taste. I, that, that's a taste I like. Um, it, it, it'll evolve, though. I mean, because we've but had. It changes We've so had bottles much. that, you know, like yeah. are, like we buy them once for New Year's and go, oh, yeah, that is an incredible you know, yeah. there's, there, a, there, there's a reason there's for, for me, like there's that. a level like when there's a certain price point you get to great whiskey is great whiskey to me. And so there, I think the the element of the rarity of the whiskey, the element of who you're drinking it with, the element of the setting you're drinking it in, I think that changes a lot in, in like the, the, what you experience, the experience. in the whiskey. So if I'm sitting down with say Bill and I are sitting down and and we're drinking, um, you know, uh, let's say a Highland Park 12. Okay. I love Highland Park 12. It's a $50 bottle of whiskey, maybe 60 now. It's right in that price range. It's a great whiskey. So the the difference between a Highland Park 12 and a Highland Park 18. Mm. That's Highland a, Park 18 is incredible. It is incredible. It's a huge price point difference though. Right. So to sit down with a Highland Park 18, I would I would enjoy sitting down with you in a Highland Park 12 just about as much as I would an 18. The 18's great. The flavor's great. But it's for me, it's it's more about the conversation and the people I'm with. Absolutely. I think, yeah, for sure. And anything like that. I mean, I love to cook. I love 
good wine. I love it. But it's all about sharing. It's about who you're with. It's about the experience. I mean, for me, cooking a good meal is I want to be with good friends. I want to have that experience. We're listening to good music. We're having fun conversation. That's what's going to go like, oh my God, and that chicken you made was incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's you certainly know? a social aspect. I mean, there's that it. whole, it's in that world, that Epicurean, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I can I can sit down by myself. If I'm, if I'm going to like make like a whiskey ginger or something, it could be a $15 bottle of whiskey, right. you know? Yeah, and I'll certainly have whiskeys in, on my shelf at home where I'm like, eh, you know, I'm going to make a Manhattan with that. Yeah. And, it, and it's more just to like the flavor of the Manhattan or the flavor of the whiskey ginger mm-hmm. is, is important to a degree. You don't want something that tastes like ass, but at the same time, it, it, you're not going to savor it right? like you do when you're sitting around with some good people and you're just, it's just different. It's like, mm-hmm. there's that line out of that movie, the golden dream, where it's like, what's the perfect dram? Right. You know, and the guy says it's 50% the scotch, 40% who you're with and 10% who paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. And there's been times, I mean, we don't live that far apart. And when the weather's nice, I mean, I've had times in the back porch, I pour myself a glass. I'm alone. I'm working on my computer outside, my wireless, and I'll send like a text picture, you know, and the sun's going down. Mm-hmm. And two minutes later, he's over on his skateboard. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, and that's exactly the point. And then we just sit there and we hang out and we have a dram yep. and just watch the sun go down and, conversation and yeah that's what it's i'd say it's more than 40 percent. it's it's more than 50 for sure um but yeah so good ones are in that realm it's hard not to to now drink ones by themselves that are not in your wheelhouse yeah yeah whatever you know i'll have some of the more i don't know more common names that people have and, and they're like oh okay that's what do you mean well some of the you know, just American whiskeys here just and there. One, that people, one. What do you mean? You know, whether it's Jack Daniels or, oh, okay. or you know, things like that that are like, that people might think, this is good whiskey. And it's like, right. well, it's not really that good. Well, but, you know, for them, maybe it yeah, is. It, well, and, that's, and, that's, and that's, that's the experience, the right? Because Jack used to be good to me. I used to love Jack. You know, I was like, but I never drank Jack straight. Right. And you know, I don't so think I a think, lot of people do. I think that's the difference. You, you do think a lot of people do? Are no, you, I, I don't think a lot oh, of people don't drink it straight. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's the difference of whiskey. You can, I mean, a bottle of Jack is what twenty five bucks still, right? Is it? I, I think so. I don't know. Oh well, even even okay. See, so Jack or Jim Beam or all those um, Canadian whatever the some of the Canadian whiskeys they have, they're they're not so much designed to be sipped on. Some people sip them. <laughs> No, they're mixers. Yeah, they're, they're, they're mixers. mixers. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. People don't sit there it. and have a Kessler on the rocks. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like if I showed up to your house and you're drinking a dram of of Jack Daniels, right, and, or anybody's house, and they're like, "Do you want a dram?" I'm like, mm, "Maybe if you got some Coke or yeah. you got something you right. can put in it, because it's like to me, it kind of goes like, I, it's like syrup a little bit. It's like a sweetness and a and like a yeah. a, a thickness." There's a sweetness yeah. to, to to a whiskey like that that's just different than a scotch or a good bourbon. Yeah, well, scotch whiskey's in its own. I mean, that's just it. It's its own taste world, and there are places in the world where they make whiskeys that are similar. Or sometimes so what does Jack Japanese Daniels fall under? Bourbon. Well, t- it's Tennessee, right? Well, is that's it, is, is it, it is it bourbon? Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, it's Tennessee whiskey. But so that's that's a really good question because I don't know the answer to that. I think so Jack is Bill, Tennessee. If you could, yeah, I'll get it around Take the care computer. Of that. Hold so, on, let me um, look it up. But uh, yeah, what's the difference between like because it's like there's straight Kentucky bourbon whiskey, there's Jack Daniels, there's Tennessee whiskey. But I mean, well, Tennessee whiskey will um, 
it's is it there bourbon's got to be in bourbon county and there's and there a whole um, thing about the water and i mean traditionally Kentucky i mean you can call whiskey. you can call a wisconsin whiskey a bourbon now i mean it's become well, yeah, that, just I think, like champagne I think jay henry's got stuff. a bourbon yeah but so. and tennessee whiskey is made a little differently isn't there a charcoal supposed to be a uh um comes through the water goes through a Filter, a filtration. What do you got over there, Kyle? I just have uh, Jack Daniels chooses not to call itself a bourbon, um, but it actually applies under its label under bourbon and Tennessee whiskey. Right. So, so, so according to the free trade agreement, North American free trade agreement, it is a bourbon. They just choose not to call themselves. Right. So you can call any whiskey in America, the free trade thing, a, a bourbon. But t- Tennessee whiskey, it's kind of like they want to brand themselves. Yeah. A, yeah. A special, just like Kentucky whiskey. And or if you're bourbon. a bourbon purist, if you're a bourbon, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not even anybody. It's laughable to yeah. say that that's yeah. bourbon, yeah. you know, because it's not in the same categories. The, the flavor profile right. is so far out there compared to it is different. Uh, yeah. a four roses bourbon, you know, and then Irish whiskey is different. And mm. there's a, you know, people that really are into Irish whiskey versus Scotch whiskey. I mean, it's very different. And some of the Japanese you know, producers, Indian whiskey can be really different. can be fun. There are a couple I mean, there's I our favorite, that. our Amrut. Well, India, oh, Amru, I've heard, is, yeah. uh, India, I've heard makes more whiskey than any other country. I don't know if that's accurate. Really? But they, yeah, most of it doesn't, because there's so much uh, tax on whiskey coming in, so they produce it within the country, and then it doesn't go out, um, or not a lot of it. But I have had some of it that's made more with, like, Himalayan barley and things like that, and it tastes different. It definitely tastes different. It's more, yeah. It's so, not my, it's not my taste going back to the holy water a little bit so i'm a it's kind of funny so i if it's a high percent like a high abv i've got a i've got a big square cube mm-hmm. and the, and it never fully melts mm-hmm. in my glass ever um and and that's the way I, I want it i don't want it to fully melt because it waters it down too much right but they when it's the dropper, so you've got, say, say you're just going to be drinking at home, but you want a dram. You don't want to mix a drink, so you're probably going to have a dram of something that's a little bit nicer than your 10 to $15 bottle that you're going to throw in a, in a mixed drink. Do you have, like, a um, four-drop starter, or, or, is it, or is it automatic? Do you take your first sip without it, or you know the whiskeys well enough where it's like, I know... 99% of whiskeys, I want two to four drops in there. Well, I, I know it, for mine, I'm at least going to want two, just if nothing else, to open up the bouquet because I know to, that to, reaction will nose. happen. Mm. Yeah, for the nose. And then I'm looking at the ABV of, you know, how much alcohol is in this bottle, and I kind of have my gauges of how much water I'm going to need. Mm-hmm. And then I'll experiment. I mean, that's yeah. half the fun. You know, yeah. you add a little more water, let's see how it tastes. And it changes. I mean, it's really kind of cool. It's you like a science experiment. it's the worst when you go too far with it. Oh, it is. That's it's like, like oh. It's and that's, and that's just it. You don't want to go too far. But, but there are times where I'll use that one cube, and I've got both the big cubes and just regular cubes. Mm-hmm. And it, depending on how I feel and what, what the whiskey is and whatever I mm-hmm. want to do. I mean, I've done smaller cubes where I know it's all going to melt. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Wait, so so the, the fucking lush over here asked the question. I <laughs> said, says, can't you just add more whiskey? whiskey? <laughs> so when you're drinking whiskey, right, and you say you got a dram of whiskey. Yeah, how much is a dram of whiskey? A, a, a dr- a like, dram- do you put the same amount? I'm assuming you put the same amount show you in your cup every time. It's like, a, it's like a ounce and That's a, dram. a quarter. Yeah, but how do you know how much whiskey goes in there? 
Well, that's it's, so they designed that. Well, if you're drinking out of a Glencairn glass, it's designed to hold X amount of whiskey to to open up the bouquet. So you get the nose out of it. So it's like the the volume of, of air inside the glass to the whiskey. I'm, I'm you're looking at me like I don't know what I'm, I'm talking about, I'm, but I'm, I'm following you, dude. Okay, Go ahead. so there, it's like it's designed to carry so much in the vessel. You know, if you fill it up too much, then you lose the the the, the rounding of the bouquet and the, and the air movement due to the shape of the glass. So well, that's the you, same thing. So you as a preparer, though, like how do you know how much to put in? Are you just going halfway so up a, that So a belly? dram is, I mean, a loose term, There might. Yeah. I'm sure a dram, there's a real, it's basically a pour, an ounce and a quarter-ish, okay. you know, a shot. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing. It's, it's a shot. Yeah. And, and, it's just and, a more pompous way of saying a shot. Yeah, you sound like a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but, but, no, so like, but if you add, like I've added plenty of whiskey to a glass before, it just depends on how much you can, like for me... If I if I'm if I'm just experimenting or whatever, and I put too much water in there, well, then I'm going to add another dram of whiskey right. to balance out the water. Well, th- now it's like, okay, well, how much do I really want to fucking drink tonight? Right. You know, it's like, am I am I just sipping on a on a dram of whiskey to enjoy it, or because because if you drink that whole thing, that's potent shit. You know, if you're talking about something that's even up in like in the fifty to fifty two percent ABV, I mean. That's like that's you're going to be doing pretty good if you got to work the next. And morning, there's stuff. You know? There's the same thing applied to cognacs and brandies back then. You know, there's stuff that's sixty four percent, or you know, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, and that's like you're. It's making your eyes water, and yeah, it's like rubbing alcohol. So I, I guess I mean, it just depends you know, on how much you want to drink that night. If you want to just double down on the whiskey to offset the water, but then even then though if you're actually experimenting to know how much water you want to put in your whiskey if you add the whiskey to it if you're not measuring it then you kind of throw off your your yeah. you know your your measurements cuz those and those people who have these ABVs you know they're distillers the good distillers are there's something they're there's a craft, you know, they're trying to, the oh, reason it has this alcohol this is the taste is going to be here. And if you add a little bit of water, you're going to do this to taste. If you add too much, you went to the point of no return or, yep. you know, so there's this art, this craft, and it's kind of fun. You know, it's, it's, it's not just, oh, there's a lot of alcohol. This is great. It's not that at all. You know, you're looking at what is the person, what is the artisan yeah. trying yeah. to show and do? And well, it's and that's, fun. that's just a, it's a different level of consumerism. You know, there's a lot of people that's like, oh, high ABV, let's fucking rock it out. Right. Or like if you, so the first time I went to a distillery, I, I, uh, we, uh, I toured Wild Turkey, first distillery I ever toured. And Wild Turkey is like one of those ones I think about Wild Turkey. It's like what the, all the, all the bums used to carry a big bottle of cheap Wild Turkey around in the, in the brown bag. You know, that's what I always thought it was. And so when it was on the, the list of tours you could take, it's like, ah, uh, well, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it was a cheap tour. I'll take it. And when they break it down to you, the science, it, there's science and there's art and it's, it's all, everything is so detailed. And so you're talking about these vats of mash and they're, and they're um, fermenting and they're, they're like 30, 40 feet across a, a big vat and, and they're constantly movement. And it's like, it's all, now it's all computer controlled. There's a guy in a control room with six fucking screens and they're looking at temperatures and they're looking at, you know, all the, it's everything is measured to a T and then they, you go to the Rick house and that's where they store all the barrels and some Rick houses rotate their barrels top to bottom because in Kentucky it gets really fucking hot. You know, they got days in the upper nineties. And so the, the barrels at the top of the Rick house have a different condensation level as the barrels in the bottom of the Rick house. Cause they're close to the ground and it's cooler. So some places rotate it and other places like, fuck no, that's, that's not a purist. You got to let it sit. 
you don't fucking move it. And then when you pull it off, tell them about the what's the 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 whole um, devils and the angels. The, the evaporation, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. alcohol evaporating. You know, the longer, if it's aged longer in that oak barrel. I mean, air is, part of the oak barrel is that perfect combination of air coming in, you know, that will add okay. the tree and the wood. But there's evaporation. So if it's aged longer, it's what they call, you know, the devil's share. It'll just, you know, it's suddenly your full barrel is, you know, three quarters full or whatever. So the older whiskeys are are rarer because you know literally there's less of it gotcha you know, it just diminishes so there's you know what is that angel share and all that? i mean there's this whole science this whole like rickhouse of where it is that's where some of the distilleries like bigger ones like buffalo trace or whatever you start to find like well they also make this one and you know what they age that on the same floor on that wall i mean people will know this oh yeah like right next to this whiskey that somebody else because they'll distill for different people and this one sells for like 15 bucks it's under this label and this is a 120 dollar bottle and they're the same the same distiller they're aged 10 feet apart you know, and, and now it's, it's the cat's kind of out of the bag. I mean, it's become a thing in the country and certainly with the internet, it's just like going up to the Hollywood sign, you know, people will know now, but, um, it, it, you can still find things like that and, and lore like that of where they do it and how they do it. And it's, it's really, it's so delicate. It is science. There is a science, there's an art, there's all, you know, it's yeah. like that whole, you know, world of, of food. I mean, I'm sure the same, you could say the same, the rum or, you know, certainly wine and, and other liquors and, and whatnot. I mean, well, it's, it's, yeah. Take it to food. And food. Even down to like steak. Yeah. It's like, and pork. It's like there's specific pork that a, a farmer will only feed their pigs a specific thing. And it gives that pork a very unique flavor. Right. And, and for people who love that flavor, it raises the value of that pork because they're the only person that feeds that pig that just that one thing, you know? So it's, it's like, yeah, it's it, it's an art. Yeah, yeah, and isn't the angels? Is that the, what gets absorbed into the staves? Is that the angel share? Because it's still there, and it's and it's continuing. To the to difference between that and the devil's cut or whatever. Yeah, maybe the angel share. I said the devil's. Yeah, I think no, it's no, the I thought the cut. angel share was the uh, stuff that goes out to the angels. Okay, so what's the devil's, the devil's cut? cut? Might be what's in. Oh, the, the devil's stave. cut gets stays stays yeah, in the stave. Stays and the angel in. share yeah. is what evaporates maybe it's like that. Yeah. There's a lot to it, man. You're that, you're, that's you're, intense. you're treading into deep waters, my it friend. It sounds like it. Mm. Yeah, you'll love it. You'll though. get in, yeah. They're really comfortable. A few more waters. years, you'll be talking just yeah. like us. You'll be swimming. <laughs> you'll be swimming laps in this shit. <laughs> that's what you're going to be doing. Oh my god! No, pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He poked us head in the other day when we were playing pickleball, and he's like, "Fuck that." <laughs> yeah, I, I had to laugh. Yeah, so, I, know. I saw you guys laughing over there. So your teammate or whatever, she's getting ready to serve, or he, I. Think, I thought it was a woman. Was it a yeah, woman? Yeah, Anna Marie, probably. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you crouch down, and you get in this whole athletic stance, and the guys across from you are just like lollygagging, standing there <laughs> yeah, waiting for yeah. it. I'm like, oh, I gets into this. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an athletic guy, He's the athletic player. Yeah, yeah. I, I still don't win much, but I try to be athletic got, about it when I lose. You got into that athletic stance. You're like, I, oh, fucking bring it. When I lose, I look good when I lose. That's what uh, it is. I got to make sure that... You know, that's... Uh, Gabe yeah. and I are like, I wonder if he's just trying to show off because he knows we're watching. No, that's just my jam, man. And all your guys looked at us like, what the hell are these guys doing? Well, it's... it's a Well, yeah, you guys are invaders, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Clearly, we're invading. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like every, every morning when we come out of here, there's a, some there's a bunch of uh, older gentlemen that are playing pickleball. Yeah. And, yeah. and when, I, I always... It's like, I just want to... I poke my head in them. Like, what are they... I want to watch them play for a yeah. second, you know? And it's like, they don't care, though, because... but. 
the, the guys we play pickleball with, admittedly, we take it fairly seriously. You know, not not to a point where we can't have fun, but there's still there's a there's a level of competition that well, comes. Well, you've got with a it. bunch of racket players. You know, they're tennis, they're racquetball, they I, they're well, a, a lot of them are. It's a, understandable, or, or, but or it's come a, from that past. But so it's the nature of the group of men too. And 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 Anna Marie, when she plays, it's like we're all very competitive individuals. So yeah. some people play sports as competitive, like they can play basketball. And we got when we played basketball, we would get competitive. It was right. it was a competition where. A lot of people, it's just like, ah, it's fine. I'm going to bang it around and get a move around a little bit, laugh with the guys. And it's like, they don't care. But when we play, we care. Someone, If someone's stepping over the line, it's going to be noted. Even if it's just a toe, you're on the fucking line. Right. You know, so I think there's just a difference in level of play, too, where it's like, if I was playing with the guys on Saturday morning, I might not get down in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you know? though they do have different ethics or the way they approach it is different yeah i've, I've played with them and that's why i don't play with them anymore because well, because like, you play more fun. competitive it's yeah. not as fun you know right. you want to your head's in the game your body's in the game you want to fucking win like mm. we've got to do it in our league all he wants to do is win he's willing to sacrifice just about anything for the w he'll mm. get in people's fucking head weeks in advance just to fuck with them <laughs> so so he can win like but it's 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 amazing, and he oh, he's just like a little kid about it too because yeah. he loves it so much. Yeah, yeah. Is this secretly you? Like just texting no, the, the guys like, hey, <laughs> see you in two no, it's, weeks. It's our buddy. It's our buddy Lewis. I'll say his name. That's no, Lewis. He knows. Yeah, yeah he knows. He's, it's, he's he's totally into that. He his 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 mental game. It's like when we play poker. He yeah. just he loves to fucking destroy people. Like he and he he'll love you like all day long. He's your best friend in the world. But when it comes to competition. He gets so much pleasure about taking somebody out at the knees. <laughs> like, he just, and, it, and it's like at the end of the day, he'll pick you back up off the ground and he'll be like, let's do it again, man. That was yeah, awesome, you yeah. know? But it's just like, he, it's a, he gets a twinkle. It's like this little twinkle in yeah. his eye. And it's like his level of competition is like, it's, it's, a, it's impressive. He just, yeah, it's, he's all about it. You got to have guys like that. Gotta yeah. have guys that like, that want to fuck around a little bit. And then you got guys that want to murder fun. you. It was fun. It's fun. I mean, Ike's a good poker player too, and I mean, so he's in, and you can be competitive and right in his oh, face yeah. sometimes, and it's great. But on the basketball courts, when we used to play basketball, Lewis and Ike were two of the tallest guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. so there is an advantage when you're playing basketball. Mm -hmm. But it was great when they were on opposite teams because they were both in each other's face oh, so much oh, that oh, everybody yeah. else. They're like, "Oh, just give me the ball, take a shot." And they're like, "No, nah. we just get going and we at get it. under the basket and oh, slamming it around." That's I think that's why we stopped playing basketball as much is because people were getting fucking hurt. People were. Rolling ankles. It was hockey on dry land. It really was, yeah. It was like, it got a little intense sometimes. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, that's the, I don't know, that's the nature of it, man. That's just what I love about it. Yeah. It's just every, like, to have that, we come back to the subject every time we talk, but just having a group of dudes is the most amazing thing. Mm. It's so fulfilling, you know? It's like the guys that will push you on so many different levels and can meet you at the depth that, that you need to be met at, but at the same time can can kick you in the fucking ass and call you a dumbass when you're, you're fucking around. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just, it's just, I love it. I love it. I love It's like this. Love this man. This is awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Where are we at? Uh, three minus two breaks. Mm. I okay. tell you what you sent the text. Is there anything else that we're supposed to cover? Oh no, no. Okay. There's, there's no, nothing we, we have to cover. No, we don't have to cover. I can. I were just talking about this. We've sit here and text like 40 different topics, but we don't write them down. And at the same time, we're like, well, we don't want to force anything. Right, yeah. If the topic comes up, well, this it comes is an okay flow. I hope people enjoy it. 
No, it's been great. I mean, I think it's. I don't know. I'm, like Ike said, there's only you know ten other people. Yeah, so right. Yeah, so who fucking cares? I hope, I hope both the other people like. Yeah. This. It, so. Yeah. <laughs> half your audience is here to so. that point if you're listening like i i appreciate that if we if our friendly banter back and forth and talking shit is something that you enjoy listening to but at the end of the day like if somebody doesn't like it that's fucking fine because i'm not doing it for honestly i'm doing this because i think it's fucking fun mm-hmm. you know i'm doing it for me and if someone else likes it cool i think that's the greatest thing and that's like a little icing on the cake but just sitting here with you guys is like, this is it for me. I fucking love it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I will say, though, at three hours and 30-some minutes minus a couple breaks in, um, I'm about on number three of the Broken Seal Club. <laughs> right. And so I'm, I think. So, yeah, why don't, uh, yeah, why don't we wrap it up? Appreciate right, you guys. Bill, it. it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me. Thanks Mr. For, Bill thanks Arbogast. Thanks for making it in, man. Thanks. I mean, I, you know, it's good to. Yeah, it's great to be here. I um, feel, thanks. and Ike, maybe you share the sentiment, the uh, the working interview didn't go too great. What um, do you mean? I mean, he didn't do any of the computer work he was here for. Oh, no. no, you're, you're, So you'll get back <laughs> to me on the job? Uh, yeah, no, don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah, you. But no, seriously, uh, thanks for making it in this morning. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for uh, such an honor to be the first guest. I mean, your pie, it's, it's, it rocks. I'm one of the, you know, three people listening. <laughs> and it's, I mean, you guys, I, I've told Ike, I mean, like I'll, I'm sort of like, there are my favorite podcasts and I'll just Bluetooth it and walk around. If I'm shopping, driving, you know, whatever, it's just great to be able to listen to that now. And your guys's, I mean, there's been so many where I've gone, Oh, it's over. It's done. It's, I was just into it, you know, like I'm yeah. in the store and it's great. You, you guys do is, is really great. It's good. Just keep doing that. Your, your dude, is it, you said your brother-in-law, who is it that texts you? Yeah. Oh yeah, my, my God. That's fucking awesome. Like, Shout out to you, Dylan, because I know you're listening <laughs> and I'm going to get a text right after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He like, he actively texts me as he's listening to this episode and he'll like respond to things I've that almost we're done about. that with Ike. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that's, underwear, kids, computer, you know, I'll start and it's almost, yeah. Well, that's, that's what, what I'm like, oh, he's I feel listening like, right I, now. And I've told him, it's like, I'm hanging out with you guys. That's what Connor told me yeah. just yesterday. He says, he goes, there's so many times where I just want to chime in. Yeah. It's like, I want to, I want, I got, I got something I want to add. Right. So that's, that's, that's fucking awesome. awesome. That's yeah, what it's supposed that's, to be, man. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. So, yeah. So, so if cheers. you're still listening, all you all you three of us, three of you out there, outside the three that are in this room, thank you so much. Yeah. 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 Much yeah. love. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Again, Bill, it's been a pleasure. I'm sure we will hear from you again. Like my brother? Yeah, man. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Later. All right. Thanks, everyone. Later.